Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to person. <laughs> hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Just in tonight, Elon Musk banning multiple tech journalists from Twitter. What did you do that was so bad, Donny? Yes, he's been annoyed that there's been this account which tracks uh, the movements of his private jet. The issue here is, of course, this is supposed to be the guy who's the free speech absolutist. Until it comes to anybody saying something he doesn't like. There's a word for that. It might be called hypocrisy. He can ban Donny if he wants to. It's just wildly hypocritical. Well, I think this raises a big question about what the free press, what the future of the free press on Twitter looks like. Are news organizations going to stand by as the reporters are just, you know, hastily banned without explanation? Think about the chilling effect that might have because many journalists rely on Twitter to get their work out there, particularly if they are independent freelancers. I always thought I'd get banned for my bad jokes. That, no, that really adds another wrinkle to it. <laughs> Oh my god, that is funny! You are fake news. Up yours. That's a big game, man! Very fake news. This is lit, 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 lit. I shot someone with a gun. It's not against the law, oh fuck you! <laughs> oh man, well, I have to disagree with that. Alright, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you, you're awesome. Yeah, five, four, three. We'll do it live! Fuck it! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome Hello. Looked a bit worried there for a second. Was something wrong? Oh, it's okay. The video share wasn't coming through, and then it. Oh. Then it came through. Well, it's cool. what would it be without a little technical duct tape? Glad to hear it's working fine. Well, uh, it was the Thursday night massacre. Elon Musk slaughtered America's most esteemed journalists by temporarily suspending them from Twitter. Which is uh, practically murder, if you read the Wikipedia account (laughs) of the story, or former Wikipedia account. The title has since been changed. Taylor Lorenz' hardest hit, I regret to inform you. Taylor Lorenz, by the way, says you're a big loser if you're on the internet on a Saturday night. You're not hanging out with cool friends like she is, live streaming all the action on TikTok. Bragging, of course, about how she has friends and festivities to get to, but she's still taking time to be on the internet. Unlike... The rest of the losers who are also on the internet watching the stream. Anyway. Isn't there some rule about being on TikTok above 30 or something? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm I'm above 30 and I'm not on TikTok. So I like to think that I have my priorities straight. Yeah, I, I am too old for TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> we will get to the entirety of the controversy. <laughs> and I think between the two of us, there's plenty to say about it. Plus, uh, breaking news over the weekend. Sam Bankman-Fried of FTX fraud fame 
has reportedly reversed his plan to fight his extradition to the U.S. to face fraud charges that were filed last week. He is uh, he was expected to to fight it. He's now going to consent to that extradition at a court hearing tomorrow uh, morning in the Bahamas. Why the change of heart? What deal was arranged? That's up for your speculation. Inflation remains terrible, but since it's one degree below scalding hot now, Biden is bragging about it. Never mind some additional economic data that shows that we are indeed in a little bit of trouble. Plus, we have hoax, hate, surprise, cringe. And before we get out of here, tonight's movie review is The Muppet Christmas Carol. So stick around. We will catch up with your super chats in between topics 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristiansenmedia.com. Of course, we have show merchandise for sale on the site as well. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at True Caliber. If you're a hardworking, freedom-loving, red-blooded American, then you are in the right place. True Caliber is an American-owned, American-engineered, and American-manufactured firearms, parts, and accessories company specializing in components for the AR-15 platform, enhanced end plates, gas blocks, mag releases, bolt catches, trigger guards, and more pamper your rifle with quality parts from True Caliber. I've installed several of these pieces on my own rifle, and I can confirm... The subtle things do indeed make a difference. So don't get caught with your pants down buying cheap Chinese knockoff nonsense. Pull those britches up and count on American quality proudly made in Idaho. Listeners of this show get 15% off all true caliber products using promo code G's15 at checkout. That is J-E-E-Z-1-5 for 15% off from True Caliber. Find everything you need from True Caliber, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. Well, uh, we also had a listener <coughs> meetup in Pennsylvania. So fancy. Yeah, they really classed it up. Yeah. They apparently attended a... A performance of Handel's <laughs> Messiah. This is a oh, uh, lovely. Uh, the, uh, I don't have class, so I'm going to attempt to characterize this properly. It's an orchestral oratorio. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. It narrates the story of Christ's life, death and the resurrection. And of course, they dressed for the occasion. <laughs> so if you would like to find similarly high class listeners in your area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> class is not guaranteed, but I like to think they're they're out there. We have a few, clearly. Clearly there are some. Mm. Uh, you can find those listeners by checking out the community page of the website, mattchristiansenmedia.com slash community. Really quick note once more as we get into the holiday season here, or the Christmas season, if I want to be specific. Uh, remember, we will do a special show on Friday, this Friday, December 23rd, because there will be no Sunday show, obviously, on Christmas Day, December 25th. We will not do a call-in show in between Christmas and New Year's. That's Wednesday, December 28th. But we will be live for the last call-in show of the year this Wednesday, December 21st. And then back to our usual schedule, starting on New Year's Day. We'll do a stream on Sunday night, New Year's Day, as usual, 9 Eastern. 
Well, you know, it's just not fair uh, <clears throat> because you don't even make videos or at least frequently anymore. But no, the hit no. pieces just keep on flowing. I know this was some groundbreaking journalism. Uh, last weekend, Vice News posted a YouTube video entitled The Rise of Far Right Female Influencers Decade of Hate. Wow, you've been part of an entire decade of hate. Congratulations. Yeah, I've been doing this for a really long time. But I checked out emotionally and otherwise like five years ago. So I don't know what took so fucking long for Vice. The The thumbnail of this video prominently features a five or six year old photo of Lauren Southern with guns. Yeah. So they've really gone back into the history. And I'm amazed that they dug deep into your, your entire YouTube channel and maybe even to clips of this show, if they were really investigating your entire career and you appear about a minute in to this YouTube video and saying the most <sighs> innocuous thing. I, I, I have said all sorts of stuff on, on the internet. And then this is what they choose. This is what they got blonde for. Across the US and Europe, a new generation of female social media personalities are emerging as figureheads of far-right movements. If you get permanently banned on Twitter like I was, do not start a new Twitter account. You'll just build up your platform again and get kicked off again. Just move to Gavin Mines. Wow, edgy. Whoa! <laughs> they got me! <laughs> That's a decade of hate. That's the most hateful thing you've said for the decade of hate. Incredible. Anyway. And that video is what's five, six years old, something like that. I don't even know. I assume that must have been around the time that you got banned on Twitter. In context, it seems like that's what you'd be talking about. It was definitely when I was living in Seattle. So it was at least five years. ago. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations. And, 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 Normally, I'd be very jealous. However, in the case of the the far right female influencer hit piece, I think my inclusion would probably be more insulting than my exclusion. So that's true. I'll just allow yeah. this one. But what, but what are they doing? It's like this video was made in 2017. Yeah, I guess they just haven't thought of a lot of new ideas. Uh, half the people they mentioned in there have just uh, gone to their home life and don't even make content. Yeah, they're all moms now. It's like wife with a purpose. It's yeah. like she's had four kids. Since yeah. that video that you clipped her out of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, recall a few weeks ago, we talked about how the NHL had joined the NFL in officially becoming a gay sports league. Uh, in this case, hosting the first ever all transgender hockey tournament in Madison, Wisconsin. Now, what exactly all transgender meant was unclear to me at the time. Does that mean that it's all men who think that they're women who are playing? Or is it all women who think that they're men who are playing? It turns out. Both. Both played each other. According to a report from the Post Millennial this week, a biologically male player who identifies as female hit a biologically female player who identifies as male. So a dude shoved a chick, but we're supposed to say a chick shoved a dude. Either way, the biologically female player hit the ice and suffered a concussion. And yes, there is video of the incident. Yes. It looked like they just went out there and fell. Yeah, it, it did look like it was more accidentally running into this woman than intentionally checking her like a hockey move. Although I'm not a, a big hockey guy, so... 
I, I don't, it'd be hard for me to tell what exactly happened there strategically. But to the point, let's assume that this is more accident instead of in, intent. What if the guy on Team Pink here, Team Pink is <laughs> the team that the dude plays for, the guy on Team Pink actually does take his full force and hits this woman. He accidentally hit her, as, at least as far as it looks, and she got concussed on the ice. But the injured woman later commented on Twitter that she had an amazing time. And if you're wondering, yes, the dude's pink team beat the chick's black team just as badly, 7-1. to one. In fact, there was a meeting mid-game to decide if they wanted to continue the beating in the game or not. <laughs> and they did. Who organized this? The NHL, apparently. They were at least part of the production. They were promoting it proudly. Who's watching this? Nobody, except for us in that one clip. Is that's, this for real? Am that's I? That's the only clip that anybody saw. Am I getting punked? Is this is this real? No, no, no. In fact, there was a lot of sports related comedy this this uh, week. Now I know this term has come up on the show before. In fact, I that's how I knew this was recently. Yeah, I knew this was an error because this show is the only context in which I've heard the the slur jigaboo, and I know that I'm baiting Susan. But I think you can still say Jigaboo. So I'm going to yes. do it. And maybe I'll get in the vice hit piece next time if I do. You won't. Now, we've wondered if that's a slur. I consulted Merriam-Webster this morning. Confirms. Uh, Merriam-Webster confirms it is indeed a dated, insulting, and contemptuous term for a black person. That's what Jigaboo means. Former oh, NFL quarterback. cute, though. Well, you decide if former NFL quarterback, now ESPN analyst, Robert Griffin III's delivery was kind of cute or not. He was describing how Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts has silenced his critics. This was on Monday night. Uh, as RG th- as RG3 put it, Jalen Hurts has proved those jigaboos wrong. People said that Jalen Hurts couldn't get it done. He couldn't operate from the pocket. He's not the quarterback of the future. I think he proved all those jigaboos wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, RG3. At least he's black. He's not getting any shit for this, right? He did apologize on Twitter. He he said that he meant to say bugaboos. That's what he meant. He's not going to get punished. However, if he was a white guy. Uh, oh, yeah. Screwed. Yeah. Totally he's screwed. off the set, at least on a temporary suspension, if not off the set permanently. Now. I mentioned there was a lot of sports related comedy this week, and I, at least one of us seemed to find this particular episode to be funny in a, <laughs> in a few different ways. Now but I think it's even funnier. But I, I, I did not even know that his wife was a Biden appointed COVID epidemiologist. We this is hilarious. I should have uh, dug more into the Ukraine flag emoji. I should have realized it was deeper <laughs> than than we knew. Yeah. Uh, but last week we discussed the sudden death of Grant Wall, an American soccer journalist at the World Cup who made a scene, of course, by wearing a rainbow shirt in defiance of Qatari authorities. Last week, his brother said he suspected foul play and implicitly blamed the Qataris for Grant's death. This week, an autopsy in New York concluded that Wall died of an aortic aneurysm, as in a bulge in his major heart artery that burst. I mean, it makes sense because he was uh, morbidly obese. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that happens all the time. Unless I'm mistaken, I am not a medical expert, but layman's explanation of what happened, it sounds like his heart quite literally blew up. That's what it sounds like I said that last week. I said that. I said it. 
last week. Yeah, it's so obvious what happened here. Come on. He's like a well, like a youngish athlete. No, this no, no. Guy. It has nothing to do. Number one, nothing to do with the Qataris. Number two, nothing to do with a certain unspecified injectable that Grant Wall had proudly advertised his consumption of. Here is Grant Wall's epidemiologist wife on CBS describing how it was just an undetected freak thing that nobody could have ever anticipated. He had an aortic aneurysm um, that ruptured. Which means what? It's just one of these things that had been likely brewing for years. And for whatever reason, it happened at this point in time. Mm, yeah. For whatever yeah. reason. <sighs> uh, to your point, uh, she, uh, she, Grant, Grantwell's wife here, uh, her name is Gounder, Celine Gounder, or whatever her first name is. I've, uh, anyway, she's the epi- epidemiologist wife. And she was indeed on Biden's COVID-19 advisory board and is uh, or has been a guest analyst on, C- on CNN and CBS, also published in The New Yorker and The Atlantic. So something of a very public, publicized doctor on this issue as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, there were a lot of mixed reviews on our show last week. A lot of people saying that I was cold and heartless for laughing at this and other people saying that they were at home laughing too. And so I thought about it a lot this week. I was like, do I need to reevaluate my compassion for people that clearly want me dead? And I decided no. And I really thought about why I found this story funny. And I I realized we have been talking about Muslim rape gangs. We've been talking about white replacement in Europe and uh, Muslim migration and the migrant situation in Europe. And the leftists were, you're conspiratorial, like you're, you're racist, you're bigoted, blah, 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 blah. And then like, One guy with a gay brother, his heart explodes and suddenly everybody on the left cares about Muslims and like their stance on different things. Now you guys care about this. That's why I found it funny. And then, of course, um, there's going to be a lot of this schadenfreude with people dying from the vaccine, which is going to be is going to be funny. Right. Some of this is going to be funny. Uh, I will withhold the laughter. They were telling us that we were going to kill grandma. And everything that we were bad people for not wanting to mask up and for wanting schools to stay open, that we were going to kill people and that we were murderers. And so they all took this stupid vaccine and now their hearts are exploding. And I'm not supposed to find this funny. I'm going to stick with my principles over vengeance, but I understand where you're coming from. If, if you can't enjoy schadenfreude, <laughs> I get the argument. If you can't enjoy Schadenfreude now, what what is there to enjoy? I don't understand. You have to have that. You have to have it. Uh, <laughs> have I can rendered I, you can speechless? Can I deny a frustration that people will not allow certain discussion of cases like this, even though it seems fairly obvious, not quite obvious? reasonably plausible that you connect one dot to the other. Yeah, that's the quite correlation frustrating. doesn't imply causation. Well, but I guess I don't, I don't want to toy with the, the wickedness of, of, of celebration of death. Even if but it they, is, uh, they were so horrible to us. Well, historically, hor- and also don't be fooled. They want you dead. I know, but even dead. the lives of horrible people have value and are worth defending. So do they, Yes, I have to cuck on all life has value. I'm going to do that. I'm going to stick with that one. Mm. Um, in, in all seriousness, do I think you're a horrible person for laughing at a, a public story? 
I don't know if it's good karma if you believe in that sort of thing, but do I believe sure that... Sure did take you a long time to answer. But react, <laughs> but a, a reaction to... Uh, it, are there moral implications to having your own opinion about a story of public interest? I don't know. I don't know that that is... Um, that I'm going to condemn that sort of thing. I just, I just think we should think about the principles that are implicated and whether we value life for its own sake or not. Some That's lives all. are clearly worth more than others is all I'm saying. All right. Well, I guess uh, we'll have to leave that debate for uh, the afterlife. Now we can talk <laughs> about the cringiest story of the week. Uh, this was yeah. just painful. Well, this is going to be painful to cover. God. I was going to ask you, did you get your Trump card <clears throat> NFT? But apparently you didn't. Who told him to do this? <laughs> what advisory decision was this? Terrible. Terrible. It was a widely panned move, of course. Trump teased a major announcement for Thursday, which turned out to be the release of limited edition digital trading cards for the low price of $99. I, I'm unclear. If it was, not, was it $99 a card or $99 a set? In any case, you had to pay $99 to acquire these these cards. Uh, Trump did also release a free speech policy plan that actually is is pretty good in my own evaluation, I think, and is certainly significantly more important than the NFTs. But it, the NFTs overshadowed the free speech policy announcement. So, OK, I'm not sure what the strategy there was for as desperate and cringe as it may seem. I agree that I'm not going to purchase these and it's a very weird announcement. The cards did sell out in under 24 hours. They went Ooh, on sale. I apparently 45,000 people or at least 45,000 individual sales. They went on sale Friday. They were gone within the day. And the price has actually increased significantly afterward. If you want to buy one now, you'll have to pay about $230. At least that's what the resales were going for over the weekend. There were 45,000 cards each card or set sold for $99, meaning Trump raised four and a half million dollars off the move. My favorite reaction was from baked Alaska who tweeted, I can't believe I'm going to jail for an NFT salesman. <laughs> baked Alaska pleaded guilty to one misdemeanor count of parading, demonstrating or picketing in a Capitol building on January 6th. The charge carries a sentence of up to six months. Uh, baked Alaska is scheduled for sentencing on January 12th. Oh man. Baked Alaska is back and I'm and I'm not back. Yeah, we'll we'll get into Twitter momentarily. Uh, but did you want to deliver the appeal news now or do you want to wait? Oh, I, I guess I didn't know we were talking about that, but I was going to jam it into the show no matter what. But um, I've appealed uh, nine times now on Twitter. And today I got a notice back saying I am still permanently suspended for violating their hate speech conduct rules. Hmm. Hate speech conduct. Thank you, Elon Musk, for this blanket unbanning. Too hateful for Elon. This is bullshit. Well, we'll get to Twitter bullshit momentarily. Speaking of January 6th bullshit, before I move on. Now the uh, well, the January 6th committee, of course, is wrapping up because it's going to be disbanded once the new Congress is seated in a few weeks. So, of course, they're making their last Hail Mary. The report is due out very soon. I forget the exact date, but the committee is now preparing to vote on urging the Justice Department to pursue at least three criminal charges against Donald Trump, including insurrection. The other charges include obstruction of justice and conspiracy to defraud the government. Now, unlike impeachment. These are criminal charges according to specific statute. Um, these, no, these are not things that are just made up like they would do uh, with impeachment. The vote is expected for Monday afternoon 
which likely will be unanimous considering the panel is nobody but partisan hacks. Of course, it's not a binding vote of any kind. Uh, It's nothing more than a request or a recommendation because Congress, let alone a small congressional committee, does not have prosecutorial power. The Justice Department does. So that means the decision will solely be up to moderate by the book, not at all political Attorney General of Honor and Decency, Merrick Garland. We'll see what he decides. And lastly, before we do get to Twitter, in other legal developments, well, get ready for the border surge to get even more surgy. After nearly three years in place, the border policy known as Title 42 is set to expire on Wednesday. Title 42 refers to the federal public health law under which this policy was enacted under Trump. For the purpose of stopping the spread of COVID, the policy allowed for the immediate deportation of any illegal immigrant or any immigrant caught illegally crossing the border without uh, any hearing for asylum or some other claim. Under the policy, more than 2 million illegal immigrants have been immediately expelled since 2020. In November, a federal judge ordered the end of the Title 42 policy by December 21st. Without Supreme Court intervention, Title 42 will end on Wednesday, meaning the immediate deportation of illegal immigrants crossing the border will stop. It is expected that as many as 18,000 people a day will cross the border That sounds like a lot, but that's actually pretty typical. That might actually be underpaced for this year. This year has been a record year at the southern border. Apprehensions are at 2.4 million. And note, that's apprehensions, as in people caught. The number of people who were never caught and made it into the country, surely quite large indeed. So keep an eye on that. Perhaps there'll be some kind of legal intervention, but it sounds like we're going to have uh, some serious problems at the border. Not that we didn't already. Well, let's get into the news of the end of the week and into the weekend, which is, of course, the Thursday night Twitter massacre and the ongoing fight between Elon Musk and journalists who have suddenly discovered the value of free speech on social media platforms. Really all starts with... um, Elon Musk and his relationship, well, starts in two ways. Musk's relationship to this Elon Jet account, which we'll get to. But really what precipitated this was Elon Musk's family being targeted by some kind of crazy person. And Elon deciding he no longer wants to deal with this account that tracks his private jet called Elon Jet. So on Wednesday, Musk announced that any account posting the real-time location of anybody will be suspended as it is a physical safety violation. This includes posting links to sites with real-time location info. He also announced that some crazy stalker guy had followed his family around LA blocking their car. And he says climbing onto the hood of their, excuse me, climbing onto the hood of their car. And he included video of this person looking for this person's identity. So per this new policy that he announced, Elon banned the account at Elon jet and the personal account of the college student who operated it. His name is Jack Sweeney. The Elon jet account posted the flights and other travel information about Elon's private jet using a combination of federal aviation administration data that tracks planes by tail number. It's, it's some, it's a little bit complicated. We'll get to how exactly he did that in a moment, but surface level, that's how he did it. So that's why 
Elon Musk bans this Elon Jet account, and then several journalists start reporting on the move, uh, as in the move to ban the Elon Jet account. And they're linking several of them to this to the Elon Jet account on Mastodon, which is basically an open source Twitter, another Twitter uh, like a Gab or like a Truth Social, something like that. This one's open source. Um, so Musk then starts banning those journalists sharing the link to that account, at least temporarily. Right. Yeah. And these journalists included CNN's Donny O'Sullivan, New York Times, uh, Ryan Mack, Washington Post, Drew Harwell, Mashable's Matt Binder or Binder, The Intercept's Micah Lee, former Vox, now independent reporter Aaron Rupar, and even crazy old coat Keith Olbermann. And I, for one, am very glad that Keith Olbermann has made his return to the platform because he is my number one favorite lol cow follow. True. I missed him for the 24 or 48 hours he was gone. Plus, uh, later, uh, as we'll get to over the weekend, Taylor Lorenz of The Washington Post was banned as well, though she is back as of uh, a few hours ago. The bans were initially described as permanent. All the accounts have now been reinstated. Uh, after yet another Elon Musk Twitter poll to decide the policy in this case. Um, the Elon Jet account itself remains banned. Taylor Lorenz was banned a little bit longer than some of the others, but that's because she was banned later than some of the others. Um, uh, so that's the status of where things are now. Now, I mentioned the, the banning has been dubbed the Thursday Night Massacre on Wikipedia. It has been sensationalized to an absurd degree. Well, Wikipedia dubbed this event the Thursday Night Massacre on their on their article. They had a whole page about the uh, the journalist bannings on Thursday. The page has now been revised to be titled December 15th, 2022 Twitter Suspensions. The wiki, uh, the original Wikipedia page author said the title was not intended to be editorializing. Rather, it was simply a phrase that trended on uh, trended on Twitter to describe the incident because all Twitter trends are accurate not editorialized characterizations of events okay uh either way uh of course you you can count on on journalists to make themselves the biggest victims which they did when elon musk joined uh, a twitter space they were all speaking in the room was hosted by buzzfeed reporter katie natopoulos i might be mispronouncing that but let's go with that uh and included drew harrell or yeah, Drew Harrell Harrell, one of the one of the reporters from the Washington Post that Musk banned. Now, in this exchange, Musk said that the journalists are not special and will not receive special treatment just because they are journalists. Harrell pressed uh, Musk for the difference between this new policy about linking to certain sites or information or stories and how that's different than Twitter's 2020 policy on the uh, Hunter Biden laptop story, of course, which Musk uh, criticized and released inside information about as part of the Twitter files. But here's how that uh, exchange went. There is not going to be any distinction in the future between journalists, so-called journalists, and, and regular people. Everyone's going to be treated the same. You're not special because you're a journalist. You're just a citizen. No special treatment. You dox, you get suspended. Twitter also, of course, marks even the Instagram and Mastodon accounts of Elon Jet as, as harmful. Using, you know, we have to admit, acknowledge, using the same exact link blocking technique that you have criticized as part of the Hunter Biden New York Post story in 2020. So what is different? It's no more acceptable for me, for you, than it is for me. Same thing. So anyway. Uh, so it's unacceptable what you're doing? No. You dox, 
you get suspended. End of story. It's highly unusual for journalists at the Washington Post and the New York Times to be have their Twitter accounts suspended. What's the deal there? I think Elon has uh, has left. Now he just bailed. Well, I'm not sure. Okay, I think this is an apples and oranges comparison because the Hunter Biden story was in the public interest. I agree that they're not necessarily the same, but I'm frustrated that Elon did not offer a better explanation before bailing on the conversation. Yeah. Um, as we'll get to, everyone is kind of driving me crazy here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Musk is certainly right that the title of journalist does not entitle you to special treatment. And I appreciate that point. And you can see that these journalists think that it does. This is so unprecedented to ban people of right, our right. social standing, <laughs> people of our elite club. Of course, this elite club had no concern for similar bannings of anyone else who differed from their perspective or even reporters, fellow journalists of more yeah, conservative exactly. oriented outlets over the last several years. Um, so Musk isn't wrong that these people think that they're special and don't care about fair rules for everybody else. But with this particular conversation, I, I don't think he responded in detail to the challenge. He just said no doxing and he bailed without explaining exactly how linking to someone's account, linking to information without posting the information directly yourself or how, how, how that's doxing, how plain data is doxing. And I'm not saying that it isn't as we'll get to in a moment, there's sort of a debate there, but if you're going to just create a new policy on the fly and start enforcing it, the question is not, is that exactly the same as the Hunter Biden stuff? It, it's not similar in that the content is necessarily the same. You might make the case that one is, purely a, a speech issue. The other has some kind of privacy implication that the Hunter Biden one doesn't because the laptop became the property of the laptop shop, all that, all that. The similarity though, is are you just arbitrarily labeling something as a no, no thing? It might be yeah. hacked information. It might be misinformation. It might be doxing and arbitrarily labeling something that, and then just taking people taking their accounts off without really explaining why that's, the comparison. And I don't think Elon Musk did a great job of explaining it in that particular instance. I'm not saying he must explain everything in detail on a Twitter space to these people. I just didn't think he did a great job there. Um, but that's of course not everything he had to say. Did you have any thoughts on that particular exchange? I'm not as dissatisfied with it as you are. Um, I mean, he's, he's also incredibly busy and these people kind of don't deserve the the type of day. So I, I wasn't what do you super mean? offended by that. The people of their stature. <laughs> yeah, really. How dare you? Mm. Well, really, this comes down, this entire controversy really comes down to a debate about whether this counts as doxing or not. And I've heard so many conflicting talking points that I wanted to be as precise as possible. You got people out there saying this is 100% public information. There's no doxing angle here at all. And then you have people saying, no, no, this was private information to which the public has no right. Therefore, uh, not only is this doxing, it's quasi illegal. I've seen people making accusations, but. OK, I think this is a totally different discussion. Um, I do not care if the flight data is public info or not in relation to whether or not this is doxing. That doesn't matter to me because you post somebody's address I don't know why I said an address. I don't know. Why I said that. <laughs> yeah. um, and if you're on the deed, it's public information, but it's still doxing. There's a, you're right that there's an intent angle to yes, yeah. clarify as well. 
that mm-hmm. some information there may be contexts. In fact, I know there are. I know there are contexts in which my phone number for certain purposes, even unrelated to my YouTube channel, is on the Internet. Yeah. Could someone, if they really wanted to, get that information and try to organize a tar- the targeted harassment of me with that, even though it's out there? Yeah. And could you say it's doxing because you're using it for a purpose other than the reason why it's out there? Yeah, sure. So I grant the point that intent does matter, too. However... I'll have some additional thoughts about that when we get to that point. But let's talk about how the data are actually acquired and assembled. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as confusing as everybody thinks it is. But but um, basically all flight information for safety purposes, it has to be tracked in some way. And one of the reasons is that air traffic controllers need to keep um, they need to keep jets and planes away from each other because there have been instances of um, them just running into each other and killing everybody on board. Um, And then if a plane goes down, they need to locate the plane as quickly as possible. So there there are some safety rules around tracking. Now, uh, the FAA knows that there are some privacy concerns around this, too. So they launched this service called Privacy ICAO Aircraft uh, Address Program. And you basically get like a, a VPN for your jet. And Elon was doing that, but you can only renew this this like serial number every 60 days. So if you monitor the flight pattern of somebody's private jet, which is how um, Sweeney was able to figure out that this was Elon's private jet, then then it's pretty easy to be able to um, to tell that it's him. I don't know that a layperson could do it, which is I think that that probably factors into the public or private information as well. So technically, this is public information but he he compiled um data using his expertise to give it to the public i don't know that it really matters that much that he doesn't have nefarious intent but some of the journalists that were retweeting him clearly did maybe some did although i god it pains me to (laughs) even appear to defend some of these people because they would uh, pitchfork me the second that they could however On the intent angle, I do have some points of pushback for consideration. Um, But before we get to that, just you tell me this is kind of my layman's understanding of how this works. This is basically publicly available info plus analysis. Jack Sweeney built a bot that harvests all this publicly available data. You have to connect certain pieces to figure out which plane is Elon's. Some Mm -hmm. of that might just be knowing a little bit about Elon's travel habits. Right. But through through the uh, taking publicly available data and connecting a few dots with automation through a bot, that's what he did. He's able to do this. Um, it's not insane to call that doxing again for the intent reason that you're getting at. But strictly speaking, there's no it's not like there's a data breach to accomplish th- this or anything like that. But when is doxing ever a, a data breach? Well, it can be. I mean, it, let's say you get someone's uh, credit card information or something like that's that. That's not what doxing is, though. Doxing by, uh, you know, colloquial standards is releasing somebody's home or location address for the purpose of in, endangering them in some even way. Even that, even that's a standard that I'm a little bit wary of, like someone's real time location in a public place. And I understand there are ways to harass, like, you, and maybe you want to make that case with the Elon Jet account. I don't think it's insane. You have an entire account devoted to that. But there's got to be some line between like, hey, um, I saw this celebrity at this restaurant. Isn't that crazy? And yeah, but, what but Elon Jet is doing. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that intent matters. And I'm also not talking about a legal definition here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that that intent matters. And in Sweeney's case, I think that that practically exonerates him, although this was incredibly stupid um, and unethical. But in the journalist case, why else would they do this? Well, let me let me explain, because uh, I think I have some. <sighs> well, I have some thoughts on that, but I'll get to them in, in a moment. Um, fundamentally, this is a battle between principles and revenge against enemies. That's really what we're talking about. And I don't think that those actually have to be contradictory or even mutually exclusive. I can say from my perspective that I think Elon Musk deserves some criticism here, but I also reserve the right to laugh at the people who are now dying on the swords that they created. Now, as See, far as my, it feels good. Don't it? Far, <laughs> yeah. I guess de- death is hilarious. You're right. Metaphorically, <laughs> but this was a massacre. So I have to carry on the theme. <laughs> my criticism for Musk And again, this is, I don't want any of this to be interpreted as saying one side is absolutely right here. The other sides are, the other side is a bunch of morons, but I I don't think that, I think there are some serious concerns about the standards that Musk is articulating here. I think this standard of doxing, if we're going to go with it, might be a little flimsy and might have some broader implications that we ought to consider. I'm not saying it's insane to say that there are privacy considerations about tracking flights, but if the rule is you can't publish publicly available data or information about a a person's location, which is the standard that Musk articulated, that's going to be a broad problem. This sort of flight data is used all the time for various news purposes. It breaks stories about candidates traveling across the country for certain purposes. We know celebrities head to certain places for certain reasons. This is something that is used in in news reporting frequently. I know that Elon Musk anonymized his information in this case, which is a distinguishing factor, but that that's not the standard that he posted on Twitter. It's anyone's location at any time. That's broad. He should have specified, though, it also matters. And this is going to be really hard to nail down the type of person like you do this to a celebrity. You're not going to endanger them in the same way as somebody who has a controversial opinion that people want to murder anyway. Well, and maybe there is a distinction uh, like defamation where we draw a line between public figures and the sort of private person where maybe the standard. No, but if you did this to a celebrity, uh, it, it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't be the same thing. Well, I want to get to this point about intent as well, because I, I grant the point that there's information that that might be publicly available that, that could still be used in an intentionally abusive way to harass a person. We Which talked about the phone. number. Or, I don't know. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Um, but you give the the example that you 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 own a house that might be publicly technically public information. Uh, correctly. So. If you if you post that technically public information to stir up a mob, we'd consider that doxing. All right. Um, the trouble here I have with that standard is there's I don't think the establishment of intent is all that strong, really. Now, this is not to say I love this kid. He's awesome. There are no implications to what's going on here at all. But the idea that he's doing this to harass Elon Jed, I think, is to harass Elon Musk, I think, is a little bit of a a flimsy case. He started doing this because he's a fan. He does this for like a dozen other celebrities. That's it's, true, but he inadvertently, whether inadvertent or not, he um, facilitated the harassment of more nefarious oof, characters. But even that standard of just, if you post information that's fair game, if others use it abusively, you are responsible for it. Okay. I, I'm not saying it's insane. I don't, I don't, but I, 
I worry about the I just worry about how broad these standards are. Yeah, but um, he's not applying any of these standards or uh, equally at all anyway. I mean, we're having exactly the same problem as yeah, Jack no, Dorsey. Like, so I'm I don't really care about the specificity of his language because that's, that's my the rest of my problem is the enforcement. Yeah. Uh, even if we grant this point, which I'll, I'll get to. But uh, OK. And as far as the journalists, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think any of these journalists were sharing this information until Elon Musk banned the Twitter account. And his banning of the Twitter account makes it somewhat news relevant. And so they're going to start talking yeah. about it again. I, I have no love for any of these people. I'm just saying Elon Musk made that piece of information news relevant by his actions. And people start talking about it when they start talking about it. They link to the source information that they're talking about and then they get caught up in this. Now, does that mean no? Everybody was an angel. Nobody was trying to harm Elon in any way. Of course, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say that. When we grant this premise that we can't link to source material when talking about a, a publicly notable news development, that that makes me nervous as well. I understand where you're coming from, but you're forgetting the most robust ar uh, argument in all of this, which is fuck these journalists. <laughs> don't worry. There's plenty of time for that. <laughs> I, I will make sure of it because uh, I don't dismiss that. Now, I, I, I mentioned this, so I'll be quick, but. The standard, the standard here articulated, no posting of real-time location of public figures in, in public <laughs> settings. Good luck, okay? We're, we need something a little more clear. Um, when you spotted Mel Gibson not that long ago, that potentially would violate this policy. Hey, I look. did not post it in real time. Okay, but let's say you did. Let's say that you saw him on the street and you... But I didn't. And it's not like yeah. there are legal consequences but, to these people. They'll just get their, their Twitter accounts suspended for like a week. Who cares? Well, but should they? Should they? And are yeah, we... I don't even know why my, my Twitter account was permanently suspended. Exactly. We're talking about like yeah. minor infractions, temporary bans. I don't care. These people aren't going to jail. No, but we were supposed all of this was built on the premise of opening this sort of thing up to speech that is within legal constraints, uh, which That's is another, true. which is another That's point true. that I want to get to. And then the last thing on, on the on Elon jet, there's no direct link established. Musk, uh, Musk uh, established this policy linking Elon Jet to the stalking of his family. It's possible that they're related, but there's no direct evidence to show that they are. A Posting, lot of people hate him. It's possible that this is totally unrelated. A lot of people hate you comes with the territory of being a public figure, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people hate almost every celebrity that exists. Again, posting publicly available info makes you responsible for other people's illegal activity is a very flimsy standard I wouldn't accept in other contexts. But let's say that you think everything I've just said is total bullshit. Musk is 100% right. Everything I'm saying is wrong. This is doxing. The doxing is responsible for putting his family at risk. That's fine. I don't think it's a completely insane argument to make. Let's just set that aside and grant uh, Musk's point. We still have the enforcement problems that you're getting at. Now, remember, um, Musk's standard was, I am going to, I, I'm against censorship that goes far beyond the law. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're talking about information and speech that is within the context of the law. We might debate, should it be? But it is. And his answer previously was, well, if it's, if we think that there's a problem there, you need to change the law and that's how these things should be settled. Okay. There's no case that Elon Jet broke the law or these journalists broke the law. And yet we are encroaching on another area of information that he previously said he he would not do. Um, 
again, there's no transparency in the process putting this up to a vote. That's that's what he did to decide if these journalists should come back or not. He just asked, hey, should they be allowed back? And there, it was a yes or no. And yes, one. Should they come back immediately? Yes. And he reinstated them. I do hate this. Okay. I hate this polling, this decisions by polling thing that he's doing. Did the same thing with Trump's account. Not on principle, not according to an articulated standard that we can all see. If you do this crime, you do this time. It's just, hey, what do you guys think? He put it up to the pitchfork mob. But raise your pitchforks for, you know, harsher treatment or lay them down if you've seen enough. Like it, this is not principle. This is just. I mean, you can hate polling for that reason, because it's appealing or appeasing mob whim. But even worse, it's a Twitter poll. Yeah. If someone really you want to change Twitter policy, there aren't ways to bot that or manipulate mm-hmm. that. OK, so I have a problem with with that process and that transparency, uh, at least transparency, in the rules, making up the rules according to what the voters want. And um, and he's going way beyond just the alleged doxing itself into much broader restrictions so musk also banned links to mastodon overall at least over the weekend so not just the mastodon elon jet account that had this information he disputes but if you tried to post a mastodon link on twitter in general you would it either didn't work or you got a a message about how it's potentially harmful just like if you've ever tried to link a bit shoot account on twitter or, or bit shoot video this is harmful you can't do that what if it's what? What if it's just a a, a cat video on Mastodon? Right. Why are we going this broad? Okay, that's all I have to say on my Elon criticism. So, did you have anything you wanted to add to that, or any pushback you wanted to offer on that? Well, I mean, you know, this is the uh, classic Matt and Blonde struggle. Do I want to see people uh, be eviscerated by their own standards, even if? Uh, Enacting these policies means that you're violating some broader set of principles of, yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. But also I, um, the, the problem we have with Jack Dorsey is not necessarily that the, that the rules were unfair, which they were. It's that we didn't even know what the rules were and they weren't enforcing them in a way that, uh, was applicable to everybody. Like they were enforcing them unfairly. We didn't know what the rules were. And even if Elon is like, all right, you, you can't say the N word. I'm like, okay, I just won't do that. You know, um, he should put it up he, to a vote N word or he no should N word or no. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's pissing me off on a personal level because he's not doing the things that he said he was going to do. The most important thing that he said he was going to do is uh, that he was going to unban all people that did not um, commit some sort of crime or say they were going to commit some crime. And then today, today, I get a message, two messages actually, saying that um, my permanent ban is going to be in effect in for perpetuity, in perpetuity, because of hate speech conduct, because of, of retroactive hate speech conduct. It's so retarded. It's so it's so stupid. Like, are you going to do what you said you were going to do or or not? Yeah, I, I'm with you 100 percent. I have a personal I'm, gripe. It's it's um, I don't know, think that's even personal. I think that actually is principled. I think it's holding him to the 
commitments that he made and the principles he described and he said he would uphold. And I have no evidence for this, but I also don't think that um, like the layman is going to be protected from doxing in any meaningful way. I I agree. I I just don't. Even if you agree with the rules that Elon is setting here, if you think that he's going to protect you with the same enthusiasm or the same rule application, he's not. That's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'm I'm getting frustrated with people on the right that are doing this this Elon Musk butthole licking. Like, I saw a picture of him with like a bunch of Saudis and Jared Kushner this week. I think we all need to temper our expectations here. He is a transhumanist billionaire that's rubbing shoulders with a bunch of fucking snakes, and we need to keep that in mind. All right, he he doesn't have principles. His personal life is disaster. And although this is probably better than than Jack Dorsey's Twitter. And it is really fun watching the the left melt down. Like we we still have some of the f- same fundamental problems here. Yeah, you have right? a different flavor of a lot of the same problems, and I agree that this flavor is better than the prior flavor. And yeah, even if it is all bullshit, I will grant the argument people make that transparent bullshit is better than secret bullshit. I get that, but some I, of this is secret bullshit too. Though. And I had my and I don't want made up by vote bullshit either. But I had my heart set on not that much bullshit, and that was too much to ask for. However, um, I, I don't want to be entirely dismissive of the perspective that you're articulating because I think it, uh, it it represents a lot of people. And I certainly don't want to st- sit here and criticize only Elon Musk in the context of a ridiculous display on, on the parts of many of these journalists before we get to the top of the hour. Maybe we'll have time for Taylor Lorenz here um, because these are, of course, these are people who advocated, participated in. Uh, the same sort of deplatforming themselves. Recall mm-hmm. Taylor Lorenz has achieved notoriety in part by engaging in some stocky behavior herself. Straight up stalking and doxing is like the, at the heart of her career she as a pseudo journalist. Visited the homes of family members of the uh, the viral account lives of TikTok. Yes, she revealed the identity of that user in her big expose in the Washington Post. I remember we talked about it at the time. Taylor Lorenz has, if not explicitly, implicitly, just like Oliver Darcy, which we'll get to with CNN later, tried to get libs of TikTok and others banned on Twitter and other social media platforms because those they just send emails to these to these platforms. Hey, is this content in compliance with your terms of service? Oh, I'm just asking a journalistic question. I'm not. Trying. Yeah. Like, I know what you're doing, yeah. Taylor Lorenz. Um, and then, of course, Taylor Lorenz cried in an MSNBC interview about how she's targeted with harassment. She uh, said she has PTSD. Right. Yeah. And all, what and internet war have you been fighting in? The bitch. strong implication of that interview was that people who are harassing her should also be punished. Mm-hmm. Now, over the weekend, Taylor Lorenz was banned. At least she was for a little while. Elon Musk himself said for the same policy for linking to uh, previously a prior dox doxing action is what Elon Musk said she did. Not not any specific explanation, but she's banned. She was banned for a prior doxing action in general, similar to what we've just been talking about with with Elon Jeff. Which she has done uh, in this video that we're about to watch. She's like, oh, I only had three tweets. It's like, yeah, but you have a long public history of doxing. She posted her reaction in a TikTok stream in which she called Elon Musk a loser for spending so much time on the Internet. Then uh, lives of TikTok herself joined and other critics showed up and Taylor uh, had to go. 
Hey guys, the rumors are true. I have been permanently, have been permanently suspended by Twitter. I was given zero reason, only had three tweets on my account. Two of them were promoting my other social media channels. I was suddenly logged out. I just had those two tweets and a tweet where I asked Elon for comment today, revealing zero information. Elon seems to be banning anyone he disagrees with, and I certainly um, didn't violate any terms that I was aware of. That's when he banned me because I asked him for comment. As a journalist, is that crazy? Elon's probably watching this live on a burner. Yeah, well, Elon, what's up? You're crazy. You cr he's so crazy and so messy. It's so embarrassing to be a billionaire and be on the internet. Like that is so fucking embarrassing. Oh my God, this is just a bunch of Elon fans. Anyway, I do have to go. I'm running off like Elon did. Yeah, I'm running off because I'm hanging out with my friends, you guys. It's Saturday night and I just found out my Twitter account is banned, which is hilarious. So I thought I would do a live, okay? Oh my God, have you ever seen like a 70 year old covered in tattoos? <laughs> It's like her voice. She needed to graduate her voice and her way of speaking like 20 years ago. <laughs> How old is she? She must be she must be 50, right? Nobody really knows. She's I think it's either 34 or 37. There is no way she is younger than I am. Seriously, nobody even knows. Look at her Wikipedia. It says it gives a range, I believe. What? But of course, that is that is not at all wealthy person who does not spend time on the Internet. Taylor Lorenz. And please, everyone note how cool she is because she has friends with whom she associates on weekend evenings, unlike you losers. Uh, and, and by the way, that is those people she's with. They're so cool. They are clearly a worthy substitute for a husband and children. Oof. And these people will definitely bring her happiness into her even older years when she that's will rough, man. surely look at the 70 year old tattooed woman and say, glad that's not me. Man, that's a tough life. What it almost the, makes me feel sorry for her. Did you check out the Wikipedia page? Oh, yeah. Um, I actually looked into this earlier today, and I couldn't really get, nail down a number. I saw between, what was it, um, 37 and 47. What? Oh, the range has expanded. I thought yeah. it was narrower. Okay. 34, though. No, I have not heard that anywhere. There's no way she's younger than I am. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I was misinformed. Um, she's got to be over 40. Now, this is the hilarious part. In response to her... Her banning, she told an NBC reporter that she has always been a fierce defender of free speech. And so the moves that Musk are making, they are they're worrying. She says cancel culture has gone too far. Banning anyone who Musk personally doesn't like has dangerous consequences for speech. Thank you, Taylor. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Lorenz was reinstated this afternoon. Now, she says that she was banned for this new policy that we'll get to later about Elon threw out another policy that there are limitations on how and when you can post to other social media sites. She had posted a whole list of her links to other sites. She said that's why she got banned. But again, that's Elon Musk said she got banned for a prior doxing action. But this, this I have some concerns with too. I'm not retarded. This is a retarded policy. Oh, well, you're talking about the social media one. Yes. I want to save that. He's already backing off that. Okay, good. But I, I right. want to save that. What I'm talking about is this accusation of prior doxing action. Now, again, this is not to defend the prior work of Taylor Lorenz. I think it's garbage. But for you Elon. You sound a lot like you're defending the prior For work. Elon Musk to make up a policy and then say it's retroactively enforced. And also, even if you deleted all the tweets, which she did, I'm still going to get you and ban you, but not explain exactly what you did. You might like this rule, and I'm not. <laughs> I, again, I reserve the right to laugh at Taylor Lorenz, and I do. 
But if Elon Musk is going to make up rules on the fly and then retroactively enforce them, unless you, I don't know. I'm sorry. I said, I, I, I said the, the, the bad slur for gay people in 2014 or something. What do you want from me? Like, I'm not going to scrub my entire account based on your new rules that you invented yesterday. Yeah, but I she just can't sucks. Come on. Well, that's why I'm laughing, but I'm not advocating for the policy. That's all. All right. Um, we're at the top of the hour. There's an entire panel of jackasses on CNN, including Oliver Darcy, that we also have to get to. So worry not, even if you are frustrated with my Musk criticisms. There's plenty more for the rest of these uh, the rest of these yeah. people coming up. And if the audience didn't think that Matt was going to impro- approach this in an exhaustive, principled manner, I don't know what you were expecting out of the show. One of these uh, days, in- I will just join you in cackling at other people's misfortune. But that day is not. I thought the midterms today. were gonna get you. Yeah, man i I looked at a few of the black pills, and I thought today is the day. Hand me a nice no. big tall glass of water, and I will. And here you are, happily back indulge. Again. But uh, I'm, yeah, I can't shake it. Anyway, let's take a break and then we'll get to the CNN people and just uh, a, a few final notes on this uh, Elon Musk versus the journalists saga. Sure. A wicked masshole. If Don and Ron get into an ideological upbidding contest for the nomination, the process should include endorsing good conservatives in many primaries across the country. A good candidate with both endorsements would be unbeatable. Sounds like you're still engaged in our voting system, our fraudulent voting system. You should check out of the system. Thank you, wicked masshole. Um, I wonder, I, I think if you, well, I, I just don't see an alliance between Ron DeSantis and Trump coming. I don't think either guy would really accept it. Number one, because well, Ron DeSantis would. I don't think he would, because I think his people are going to think Trump is a liability to you. You have a broader base of support than Trump does. All Trump does is damage you and your brand. That's what I think his advisors would probably say. And Trump's ego, I think, is probably too yeah. fragile to have an alliance. Why would you take on a rival, a, a potential person who can one up you, who can show yeah. you up? So even though I I could make the argument that it might be a strong ticket, I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't see either guy agreeing to that. Old Mulray. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And that is Corinthians. Hmm. Am I saying this right? First Corinthians 27 to 29? Yes. Looks right to me. Thank you. Thank you, Holden. Um, I bought PN, who said he's never giving us more money, and then he just keeps giving us more money. Keep the change, you filthy animals. Merry Over Christmas. Over a billion, two hundred, a trillion, <laughs> two hundred billion dollars. I bought PN. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're the man or lady. I don't know. I assume it's a man. Um, M Dub. I just discovered the glitter package guy. Safeguard your mail, as more packages are stolen in December. Don't let a thief get away with it. Godspeed. I have um, a machine gun hooked up to my front door, in the event that somebody tries registered. To- I assume. No, it's it's unregistered. Okay, well, uh, that's ATF. That's <laughs> ATF material right there. They'll be happy to listen to it. I know they're going to kill my dog, uh, Daniel Kunkel. The government extended secrecy again with the JFK assassination. Tucker cited a CIA source who says yes, the CIA offered offed JFK scary if true if and if and I stress if 
they can do that, then they can do anything. I am. I used to think that this was like a litmus test for somebody's mental retardation, and now I'm totally open to hmm. any and all JFK conspiracy theories. I saw Tucker was talking about it, and I just didn't have time to look at it in detail. And I know not much about the JFK assassination, but I do know these documents yeah. have been released, and I do know I have an interest in general distrust and skepticism of government. So I should probably check it out. I know uh, Robert uh, RFK or what's the name of the guy, the vaccine skeptic guy who's uh, JFK's nephew. It's RFK, but Robert. Junior? Yes. I should know my Kennedys, but they all run together. I know he was saying that he thinks there's something to it too. Hmm. Um, Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made love. It was Thursday night and it was a massacre. He hit it with the speed and fury of a thousand band hammers. And when it was finally over, I felt like Taylor Lorenz's credibility ended. That's a big game, man. Or maybe that's a a bit straight. I don't know. Thank you, Robin. (sighs) Eric Burns March. Matt, are you going to cover today's New York Times crossword puzzle and hoax hate? That's news to me. I didn't know there was a New York (laughs) Times crossword puzzle hoax hate. So please send it my way. What did they accidentally put like uh, the N word in the crossword puzzle or something? I will check it out. If you email it to me, I'll, I'll find it more easily. I appreciate it, Eric. Thank you. Person that steals your bikes, J space. (laughs) GG. Well, J, I mean, there's, yeah, there's multiple, you could go jogger or jigaboo. Jigaboo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nicholas H blonde. Would you interview Greg Johnson from Countercurrents? Sure. And I will one up you on this. I have actually hung out with Greg Johnson. Multiple times. IRL in the hmm. flesh. Love, Greg. Um, Robin E. Banks. Today I will remind them, make sure to stream really bad tentacle hentai while you're at work. Then if a Fed boy is watching your connections, they have to watch it and gather it. Force them to watch. Make them watch. <laughs> okay. Good um, strategy. Thank you, Robin. I appreciate I like it. it. Should we circle back, do a few more? What do you think? Uh, we got time for just a few more. You want to do a few? Yeah. Um uh, Robin, you just got seven. you just got Robin. I got a Robin. Oh, there's it's, another Robin. There's uh, Matt and I once made love. He said, "Sorry, I was late. I was doing stuff." Me, uh, I'm stuff. Well, okay. Now you're <laughs> now you're encroaching on my wife's territory. Uh, Matt said, "Robin, no blonde giggling sheepishly." Haha, my co-host is <laughs> okay. Is boning a member <laughs> of the audience? Okay. I bet she's not mad. It's oh, uh, I don't know. I'm, I look, there's look nothing. How embarrassed fun. he is. There's nothing funny about this at all. <laughs> thank you uh for your support for the show robin appreciate it phil says uh we love you you're very special merry christmas folks remember it's gifts for friends lump of coal for enemies well maybe i should borrow a page from the phil book i'm gonna try to be as mocking of a, of enemies in a moment here uh ah so my friend just sent me What's going on? Okay, look at the New York Times crossword puzzle. Oh, it's it. shaped like a, swastika? like a swastika. Oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't see it's that. It's really not, though. Got oh, it. yeah, it is. That looks correctly oriented to oriented, me. Oriented, yeah. 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 Based. Robin says, uh, Blonde, check out your inbox. I've sent you fanfics. Also, you should make more videos and give Vice something to really cry about. <laughs> yeah, I always really. watch with bated breath. <laughs> uh, will she do one? Uh, and w- will she name them? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you didn't you tease a few weeks ago that you have a video in the works. What happened to that? Yeah, I do have a video in the works. Oh, it's still yeah. going. Okay. Yeah. Phil says, congrats on the hit piece, blonde Matt. Uh, you know, you don't have to go full Kanye to get your hit piece. There's plenty of groups to disparage other than our rulers. 
Okay, <laughs> let's see. I'll start like I don't know who's the easy target. What's 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 the like? No, no one's gonna give a shit if you say something about Asians or you know. Yeah. All right. All right. You uh, gotta go for the big boys. What, what's what's the slur that's most fair? Like the ch? Can I can I do that one or the? I, You're not gonna get a hit piece for saying chink. You gotta go deeper. <laughs> Deeper. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna let it happen organically. All right. One day. <laughs> Jigaboo. Okay. Well, let's get uh, let's get back into. Well, uh, before I do, I didn't give uh, Jen Saki her proper play. Thank you for your. Uh, um, I'll have to just circle back with you for your chats. Appreciate it. We'll come back to your chats at the end of the stream. Let's see. Let's get back into uh, what I had left to say about uh, the rest of these journalists. Because uh, for as silly as um, as silly as Taylor Lorenz may have looked or did look in that particular presentation, this uh, crew of jackasses on CNN, this entire panel was every bit as ridiculous. So it was Allison Camarota, John Berman. Uh, they hosted Donny o- O'Sullivan, who's one of the reporters Musk banned, and Oliver Darcy to talk about what a terrible event this is and how this will chill journalism on Twitter. Here was the uh, exchange. Journalism on Twitter. Issue here is, of course, this is supposed to be the guy, supposed to be the guy who's the free speech absolutist, right? Well, he was touting, I mean, freedom of speech as this beacon, that Twitter would be a beacon of that until it comes to anybody saying something about Something he doesn't like. There's a word for that. Is it, it called hypocrisy? It might be called hypocrisy. Yeah, it's his company. I mean, he can ban Dhoni if he wants to. Uh, it's just wildly hypocritical. Well, I think this raises a big question about what the free press, what the future of the free press on Twitter looks like. Are news organizations <laughs> going to stand by as the reporters are just, you know, hastily banned without explanation? CNN is saying it's going to reevaluate its relationship with Twitter based on the response it gets. When Trump got suspended... Everybody pointed out that that was also, you know, a concerning thing for many people kicking off the then president of the United States, regardless of the circumstances. What is more concerning here, though, is independent journalists, freelance journalists all around the world. Think about the chilling effect that might have, because, as Oliver said, many journalists rely on Twitter to get their work out there, particularly if they are independent freelancers. Good Lord, I'm amazed he took a moment from his search for a pot of gold underneath the rainbow (laughs) to do this segment. Wow, even hate for the Irish. Yeah, really. Um, he is like a tiny Irish troll, though. Like, I, I can't, I can't leave. <laughs> Look at that guy. Uh, it's so preposterous for them to even. We're worried about the chilling effect on journalists. What right wing journalists were even able to have a career on Twitter over the last few years? The fact yeah, that they're I, even saying this is hilarious. Like, and they're talking about other people's hypocrisy. What a bunch of punks. Yeah, it's it's really annoying. The, the, you listen to this segment in its entirety. These idiots harp on the distinction between the First Amendment and private actors or private businesses. You don't have a First Amendment right on Twitter because mm-hmm. Twitter isn't the it's government, you stupid idiot. Elon Musk yeah. and the rest of you people who bought into his free yeah, speech philosophy. Yeah. Well, is everyone going to stand by while they, while they allow this chilling effect on Twitter? But, it's like, well, but what, then what have go, you guys been doing for the last five years? Well, they, they first trash that idea like you don't have any free speech rights on Twitter, you idiot. And then they go yeah, on to yeah, explain yeah. exactly why free speech values, not First Amendment law, free speech values that precede it as a philosophy, why those matter. And, and yeah, for, for the same reason we don't want government censoring 
we should be skeptical. We should scrutinize corporate power doing the same thing. That's what we've all been saying about your effort. And by you, I specifically mean Oliver Darcy sitting there warning about the implications for for journalism on Twitter. Okay. It's just frustrating how they dismiss the argument and then go on to make the argument, but tell us we're idiots for engaging in that in the first place. Uh, But Oliver Darcy personally is the reason, if not the reason, a reason why Alex Jones was banned on Twitter. In 2018, Alex Jones confronted Oliver Darcy during Jack Dorsey's congressional testimony. And Alex Jones posted the video on Twitter. And yes, it's a video of Alex Jones just berating this guy, comically so in Alex Jones fashion, saying, look at that guy. That's a rat face right there. I've never seen a face so ratty as that one. Just that's what happened. That got Alex Jones Twitter account banned for abuse. And why was Alex Jones so mad? Well, one of the reasons that Alex Jones was so mad is because if he's not responsible for it, it would be fair to speculate that Oliver Darcy was at least somewhat involved in the banning of the Infowars YouTube channel, mm-hmm. or it might be the Alex Jones YouTube channel, but one of the two. If I'm supposed to believe that Oliver Darcy wasn't involved again, it's a situation where, Hey, Susan wiki wiki. Why does, why doesn't this Alex Jones video violate the terms of service? Don't you think it violates the terms of service? I'm asking for journalistic reasons. If I'm supposed to believe that is not advocating the removal of the channel, it's just journalistic inquiry. Okay. But I will note that when it happened, Oliver Darcy just notes, it appears YouTube has removed Alex Jones channel for violating its guidelines. Oh, I I thought there were journalistic implications. I thought we had concerns about the free press to consider Oliver. I don't, I don't see any sort of similar argument made in that particular case. Maybe he's learned his lesson since 2018, but no, I'm not going to listen to Oliver Darcy warn about the dangers of cracking down on the free press on Twitter or any other platform. He initiated it. He cheered it up to this point. It's just that he liked the people who were banned before. He doesn't. He, he likes that that they were banned. At least he liked the fact that they were banned. He doesn't like the fact that these people were banned. Yep, exactly. Just unbelievable. And I, I don't know if you caught it in that segment. Oh, oh man. When Trump got banned on Twitter. I don't Everyone was saying how concerning this was. The implications of uh, a leader of a, of a country being banned. That's what we were all saying. Big implications to this. We should all be very worried. That is not what you were saying. Shut the hell up. None of you no said that. No one was saying that except for people on the right. God. Uh, and no, I'm not going to trust that any of these people have come to some principled realization about free speech. That, that's the most charitable interpretation I could give them. Maybe you guys now see the error of your ways suddenly. No, they don't. Once again, this is just a way to browbeat their enemies. Oh, this treatment is so unfair. Okay. Uh, the other thing I'll say as a, a point for consideration for these journalists. Now, I, I, of course, as I previously described, I'm skeptical of the rule that Musk is articulating here. That said, Musk did post it on Twitter and, and say... In clear terms, if you post or link to, he even said, if you link to the real-time location information of a person, that will be considered doxing and you will be banned. That policy was out there and they all made the decision to violate it. Again, I don't necessarily think that that's a good or wise policy. I think it's very broad. But Mm. I don't think that they were all just ambushed with a new policy that they had no understanding of. I think at some level, 
if not intent to get Musk harassed or abused, that there might have been just some sort of like trolly intent where it's like he said, we can't do this. Watch us do this. I know Keith Olbermann did that. Keith (laughs) Olbermann did that intentionally, but that's the Keith thing to do. Yeah. So, you know, if you uh, if you see the if you see the sign and it says don't do this and and then you do that, there will consequences will come again. I, I don't necessarily think the consequences are are correct or the policy is correct but you you don't get to complain about being ambushed in that way i suppose right yeah last thing um about this elon jet the the college kid who is running this elon jet account boy he's a little fucker isn't he um i i could see how that interpretation would be applied but i also think that the presentation of him is a bit incomplete because he's being portrayed as though he's blackmailing elon or he's extorting elon at least by no, he's some. just like an opportunist piece of shit kid so this account elon jet has actually been going it's been in existence for quite some time and last january almost a year ago elon musk approached this kid uh jack sweeney on twitter and offered to buy to, to pay him a th- uh, five thousand dollars to just delete the account and jack sweeney said oh add another zero give me 50 grand or give me a tesla model three and i'll do it okay yeah. he says he can use help with his college education so he wants a little extra why didn't he ask for a job that would be great he, yeah elon uh, elon did not accept um he decided just to ban the account of course upon completing the twitter acquisition uh, jack sweeney uh, again who's the college kid who created the elon jet account appeared on cnn this week to say the offer still stands he wants fifty thousand dollars or a tesla and he'll delete the account what is your current demand relative to musk what will it make for you to go away and stop this uh s- still a tesla or fifty thousand dollars i mean i'm not gonna up it there's no need to very fair Come of on, him what a little bitch <laughs> that's so lame okay however to the the other side of this um, cause I get, I've seen people calling this extortion or making a criminal accusation. It might be slimy. You might say, okay, he thinks it's a risk to his family. I'll apply my technical skills to do something else to say that this is criminal activity. I think is, is an exaggeration. If the Elon jet account is a crime, prosecute the crime. They're not prosecuting the crime because it's not criminal. Elon Musk is a billionaire. He's had a year of being pissed off about this. You can't tell me that a billionaire with all the motivation in the world can't find a lawyer to take on the case. If that is the case, the reason is because it's not criminal in nature. And it, I don't and know. Are people really making the argument that this is criminal? I've seen the extortion blackmail words floating around, and I don't want to out the sources that I've seen. Is Ben Shapiro saying that? Okay, it's not uh, no, criminal, no. but it's super lame. This is really lame. It's I like, can, be cool, kid. Just I get, be cool. I get why people would object to it. I just... When people make claims like this is a threat or it's criminal in nature, okay, the the account itself is not criminal, as in why it has not been prosecuted yet. At, at this point, he's talking about the sale of his property, and we might agree that he's being slimy about that, but we, we shouldn't use words that we can't justify, and words that are criminal in their definition don't apply here, at least unless there's unless there's some fact I've totally missed. There's a reason why this kid's not being prosecuted, and that's because it's not criminal. It doesn't make it cool, but he's not breaking laws. Fine. It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. Indeed. <laughs> uh, okay, last thing. I keep... Last topic on this. No, no, there's like 50 things I have to talk about. Yeah. Um, what else? There was something... Oh, um, 
oh, this this other policy, because I, I mentioned even if we think that Elon is mostly right on the doxing stuff, if you want to say that, well, he's making these extremely broad, insane rules. They just announced within the last 24 hours, you can't promote other social media platforms on Twitter, at least certain yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. I hate and, this. And, and he's backtracking on this as we speak. But as was posted earlier today, any account that is created for the promotion of other social media platforms, specific, uh, specifically Facebook, Instagram, Mastodon, Truth Social, Tribal, Noster, or Post, will be banned. You can cross post, cross, third time's the charm, cross post, got it, and cross post content. But according to the policy, you can't post things like follow me on Instagram with your Instagram handle. You can't post check out my Facebook profile with a link to the Facebook profile. And again, the uh, the Elon butthole lickers, as you've coined them, I see it's just a common sense business move. He he can't be expected to promote competitors like it's a guy posting a link to his Facebook account. What the hell are you talking yeah, about? OK, yeah, it's anti-competition, which isn't even the problem I have with this. It's that it, it's mind bogglingly retarded because you can still post and endorse specific links and footage from those sites, but you can't cross promote yourself in any personal way. It seems like a difference without a distinction right well now he's backtracked to say that he the new policy will be only if the account exists solely to promote other platforms which will be kind of a subjective judgment that's entirely different (sighs) it is very different than what was articulated he says hey if there's policy changes in the future i'm going to put those up for a vote which again i think is a terrible decision but he put the ultimate policy decision up for a vote and i don't think he's he says he's not joking earlier today he uh, just a few hours before the stream in fact he says uh, he put it up for a vote. Should I step down as the head of Twitter and presumably appoint a CEO? He says he will abide by the results of the poll. And at the what start of the stream, um, I can't look at there's almost six million votes. I can't look at the results because I'm not logged in on this window. Should I vote? Yes, I'm voting. Yes, but I can't vote because I'm not logged in. Uh, oh, I just typed in Matt Christensen. Why would I do that? Elon. Well, you, you can't find me that way anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, if you go to his, it's one of the top tweets on his, his Twitter account. Last I looked 58% said yes. 42% said no. And that was with, again, about 6 million people voting. Uh, we have 57% saying yes with uh, nine and a half million votes. Oh, wow. So it's increased significantly at 3 million votes in just the last hour or so. Okay. Dude, what is, why he probably doesn't want this job. I'm bringing back the JJ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Jack Dorsey made a blog post saying that this is all his fault, Uh, whether or not you believe him in terms of his uh, mea culpa is up to you. But maybe you bring back Jack Dorsey to run the ship once again. All right. Bottom line. Maybe I don't even need to do my bottom lines because we've been talking about this for too long. You think we should just move on? Maybe. I I feel like I've said pretty much everything I have to say. Um, I I feel like... uh, I, I, I understand that everything I've said is not um, there are there are critical angles you could take on it, but I am always going to come down on the side of uh, well, erring on the side of more speech, not less speech. I thought that Elon Musk shared that perspective with me. Almost every move I see him making lately is in the opposite direction. It's more restrictive, not less restrictive. Um, that does not imply any love for these journalists who I think are absolute hypocritical pieces of crap. But the best I could say about Musk, and I will give him credit for this, 
in addition to the transparency point that people often make, uh, he did expose the hilarious hypocrisy. Uh, the, he, he, he put these journalists, uh, these people up to the same sort of arbitrary made up nonsense rules that they've cheered for the last several years. And it's hilarious to watch them whine about that. So totally, I, but I don't think that's why he's doing it. What do you think he's doing it for? Well, I think he's kind of uh, he said that when he took this role that there were going to there were going to be some bumps in the road. And I think that this is a lot of growing pains. Um, Maybe it's just the bumps seem like they're going. It's like the bumps are on a road in the opposite direction. That's what bothers me. The bumps are not in the well, the free speech direction. They're in the restriction direction. And he's that being concerns pulled, me, you know, by multiple forces. And look, what like what is he doing hanging out with Kushner? You think um, you think I, he's doing that because they're buddies? They or just whatever? love soccer. Yeah, I mean, there's some weird nefarious purpose for for multi billionaires meeting at the at any kind of event or in public or something yeah. like that. Like they're talking shop. Yeah, and I I I feel like I just made a statement that's a little bit too far to say that all of Elon Musk's bumps are in the wrong direction. I think that's probably unfair because of course he has unbanned a lot of people. It's not as though there have not been positive developments. So I don't I I should pull back and saying that everything has been a bump in the wrong direction. It's an improvement from where it was. I just see errors that aren't just sort of misguided. There are errors going the wrong way. Not yeah. all, but some. I can't overcome my personal gripe about not getting my Twitter account out. It's not that like I really want to be on Twitter. It's that other people that are are further right than I am have gotten. Andrew Anglin is back on Twitter. Let me back on Twitter. Like I don't even know if I'm going to tweet Baked again. Baked just... a criminal. <laughs> and he, he he's a january 6th criminal and he gets to be back it's just astounding to me it's like i i just can't believe i woke up this morning and you violated our policy on hateful conduct you know who else uh, still gets to be on twitter sam bankman freed i don't think he's banned yeah what a fucker we got to keep this it guy. moving because we have plenty to talk about so sam bankman freed he's not fighting his extradition to the u.s which he was going to although he was complaining about the um the conditions of his Bahamian. We talked about this the other day. Bahamian. 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 It needs to just be Bahamian. Keep it simple. Yeah. Bahamian. Bahamian. Yeah. His rat infested prison cell and uh, lack of vegan options. To be fair, whatever. the rats came out of his hair, though. They weren't in there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so he was going to fight his um, extradition, but he's recently come out and been like, ah, it's fine. Um, and it, it's not immediately clear what prompted him to change his mind. Uh, but I think it probably has something to do with him talking to some major Democratic operatives and them being like, listen, if you're in mainland United States, we might be able to do something for you. His mind changed abruptly. And I think it's mm -hmm. fair to speculate why and i would speculate there's some kind of deal there unless i'm supposed to believe that he's every bit the good guy that he's advertised in these interviews i'm just here to come clean i'm just yeah. here to acknowledge responsibility and help make you whole after i stole your life savings in some cases oh it was incredible i think i sent you that uh what is that guy's name coffeezilla did an yeah. absolutely incredible series of interviews with him and he is so knowledgeable not not bang free but this coffeezilla fellow um he's so knowledgeable about uh, the types of transactions that were occurring and the type of fraud that was occurring yeah. um that he was able to ask these pointed specific questions and and watching sam bankman freed 
squirm and his inability to answer these basic questions about about the crimes that he had committed. It was like it just juxtaposed with the um, George Stephanopoulos and the New York Times interview. It's like it's the interview that those should have been. And it illuminates his guilt in a way that I I can't even begin. Everybody should go watch these series of interviews. It's just incredible. It is. It really is the best pressing on Sam Bankman Fried that I've Mm -hmm. seen. And that's because this guy, CoffeeZilla, was able to get into these Twitter spaces and confront him there as opposed to a fancy TV interview. But you're right. Whereas um, the bigger mainstream media interviews were like, hey, Sam, is it true that you stole all this shit? And he's like, yeah, but have you considered this entirely irrelevant fact? Dressed like, up in oh, a bunch of technical language. This CoffeeZilla so dude's smart. like, no, no, no. Yeah. I know what that technical language is. And that's not true based on exactly, X, Y, and yeah, Z. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. yeah, it is very, very good. And I think there are three interviews with him. I don't know how he, why he's continuing to do these, these uh, interviews. It's Because Sam Bankman-Fried is just such a good guy who wants. I know. He's, he's a malignant narcissist if he thinks this is going to improve his public image. Now, good luck. Um, but. but it seems like, ugh, I don't want to speak too soon on this, but we may after all, get some answers on FTX money going to Democrats. Although, I couldn't believe this development. The prosecutors are digging into it, supposedly. Yeah, but it's just going to some low level DNC person will come out and be like, I got $100,000 from FTX, but we're never yeah. going to find out actually his relationship with Ukraine or the Biden administration. And that's really what they're trying to cover up with this development. So um, prosecutors uh, have well, Gateway Pundit reported that there's an SEC filing, a recent SEC filing regarding FTX um, about the amount of donations by FTX to politicians, hmm. um, including some high-level Democrats, DNC, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, um, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, which is the incoming House Minority Leader. Um, so, so I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like they're investigating all of these people that have received donations. Mark uh, Alias, the Dem lawyer, he represents all sort of uh, uh, PACs, super PACs, political campaigns. And he got an email from the U.S. Attorney's Office asking for details about donations from Bankman Freed just yesterday. So I don't know. Is this related to his decision <laughs> to to extradite? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure there are some deals being made behind closed mm-hmm. doors, but supposedly this is going to become formalized tomorrow morning. So keep an eye on it. But this is what they do. They, they like realize they have to address this. So they're going to give us something. They're going to give us someone. They're not going to give us Biden. They're not going to give us Ukraine. They're, yeah. they're just going to give us some lower level Democrats. And I don't give a shit about that. Hmm. Well, maybe you give a shit about how. Inflation has reduced so much. I love the way that this was characterized. Um, When I saw some coverage of this on NBC News, the reporter asked the analyst, "Okay, so what prices are going down? No, no, the the prices are not going down. They are increasing uh, from what was an insane pace to now just like a a crazy pace. Oh, yeah. Um, Where did I pull this? This article? Was it CNN? Anyway, they they say this is the smallest 12 month increase since December 2021 when it was 7 percent. Yeah. The smallest increase. (laughs) So on a year over year basis, inflation hits 7.1 percent. And they're calling this a slowdown from the 7.7 percent in October and lower than the 7.3 percent expected by analysts. And what we're talking about is year over year. So I don't think it's precise, but like, aren't we looking at 
like 14 to 16%, like in the ballpark of 14 to 16. That is a catastrophic. Yeah. That is a catastrophic level of inflation. And I want to get to that in a moment because it has, is it actually slowing or is the benchmark to which we are comparing just higher now? It's exactly. That's why they're like, Oh, it's lower than analyst predictions. Well, yeah. I mean, if you tell somebody they have six months to live and they live for three years, they think that like, you're the man, right? That's what they're doing. They're trying to change our perception of inflation, of what, of the expectations of no inflation is what we want. Deflation (laughs) is what we want. That's what we call prices lowering and prices dropping. Uh, of course, this prompted this prompted the Fed to. What do you mean the Fed? The Fed? They're, they're not crooks. What are you talking about? The <laughs> yeah. Fed um, raised interest rates. They're looking out for all of us. Raised interest rates another half percentage. The move increases their the Fed's targeted interest rate range to between four and a quarter and four and a half percent, which would be the uh, which is the highest level in fifteen years since two thousand seven. Of course, right before the uh, what, what was the term? The Great Recession at the time. That's what it was called. Mm. Um, but yeah, as money becomes harder to borrow, the more they jack up the interest rates, the harder it is to borrow money. Investment will slow as investment slows. Jobs will slow. Indeed, that is the intended effect that the Fed is seeking. And then the last remaining data point that Biden consistently clutches. Well, jobs are so great. Job numbers are awesome. Well, when as we reduce investment, keep an eye on jobs numbers, um, because Pretty soon, we're going to start hearing how unemployment is a good thing, actually. Yeah. They'll switch the... Oh, well, we've already started hearing that. Yeah, yeah. the narrative. Um, Biden, of course, took a victory lap or is taking one. Um, just like $3 gas is somehow a winner when you compare it to the summer high of 5 bucks instead of the 2020 low of 2 bucks. Uh, now, as you mentioned, 7.1% inflation is an accomplishment and not still a horrible decades-long high. That's good only relative to the high of this absolute failure of a presidency. But in response to Trump's major <laughs> announcement, remember, I have a major announcement coming. The NFTs. Well, Biden kind of mocked him on that. And his major announcement was in part inflation is easing this among um, a list of other supposed accomplishments, like bringing Brittany Griner home. And as we'll get to the Respect yeah. for Marriage Act party that he hosted. This is this is as comforting as a firefighter telling you, don't worry, the fire is easing after it has charged uh, or charred rather your uh, your bedroom and your living room and maybe your bathroom is safe or oh, something yeah, like. the fire's yeah. easing don't worry yeah, yeah it's yeah. a few degrees cooler than it was half hour ago but i i just wanted to mention this i um to what are we comparing uh these these inflation numbers so we know it's year to year so the the number that just came out is november of 2022 to get that number we look at how much prices have increased since november of 2021 that's what year on year means but it is notable that it's right about this time last year that inflation really started picking up last in last November's report. It climbed to what? Seven percent, meaning that part of the reason it may appear that inflation is easing is just because we're comparing it to a higher baseline in the first place. Right. So, and I think the way they're wording that is wording this is leading the layperson to believe that inflation is stagnant at seven percent. And. You think about, well, over a two-year period, it might just be hanging on to an insanely high level or hovering at something around that kind of 14% relative to 2020 figure. So, for example, year-on-year inflation hit its high in June at 9.1%. The prior June, June 2021, it was down at a little over 5%. 
I, I know the math is probably more complicated than just simply adding these percentages. I'm sure an economist would tell me much more factors you need to consider than just that. But let's be rough. And let's say that over a two year period, 2020 to 2022, nine plus five is something in the neighborhood of 14 percent inflation over a two year period. Well, we're told that inflation is slowing now because year on year it's down to 7.1. But if it was seven at this time last year, again, roughly speaking, add those numbers together. You're still looking at the same disastrous 14 percent uh, two-year rate that we had when we were looking at the high in June. Exactly. It's the same insanely high two-year inflation rate based on this rough calculation. But it, if you, depending on where you set your baseline, things might not be improving at all. They're selling us this improvement line, but there's plenty of reason to believe it's not improving in any way. And that's looking at the data rather than just going shopping and realizing, holy shit, I remember when this was like half the cost that it is now when yeah. you look at your grocery item or whatever it is that you're buying at, you know, uh, whatever department store. Uh, also, another ominous indicator, uh, household wealth, uh, wealth plummeted uh, throughout the first three quarters of the year. Yeah, it fell. The real wealth fell thirteen point five trillion dollars. In the first three quarters of 2022, this is an 8.6% drop. Isn't that like half our GDP? Uh, Yes. Oh, my God. Um, uh, It's the second fastest decline on record behind the financial crisis of 2008. Can you believe that? So as all of us are experiencing, inflation obviously is causing a decrease in purchasing power of assets and liabilities. So nominal net worth fell 4.6% to $143.3 trillion. Um, the market value of assets fell by six trillion, and liabilities rose by nine hundred billion. So, the household balance sheet, which is assets minus liabilities, they've been propped up by an increase in home equity, but it doesn't matter because of inflation. Mm. Um, home equity is the greatest source of wealth for like something like eighty percent of American families, something ridiculous. But the loss of real wealth from January through September twice as large as the nominal loss. So $13.5 trillion if you account for the inflation. Um, And that makes both debts and liabilities worth less in terms of purchasing power. It's a good time to have a mortgage that you refied in 2020. Refi for 2.25%. Congratulations. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it, just go go get one of these fantastic jobs. They're yeah, everywhere. Seriously. Just go get an awesome job. That right, Biden right. But can, can any economy uh, be healthy if people are benefiting from um, from owning debt? Like my debt is beating inflation right now. Uh, your wait, wait. I'm not sure. I my mortgage rate oh, is 2.25 percent. Yeah, okay, okay. We have a 7.1 percent year-over-year inflation rate. Like, why? Why would I ever pay off that debt? Uh, it yeah, just becomes I, I, worse, le- worth less and less every year. I suppose. Year. Yeah. How I'd can really... you have a healthy economy when people are holding onto their debt as a financial asset? It's retarded. <laughs> I guess I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but yeah, I, I, yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's all the economic news I have for now. Um, the other piece of Biden news is that uh, the president hosted a completely preposterous party to celebrate the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act. 
a newly passed bill that enshrines gay marriage and even interracial marriage into federal law. And even though it's completely duplicative because the Supreme Court has already protected both of these things. What is it, uh, 1937? Like, wh- nobody loving needed v. to Virginia do Loving v. Virginia and interracial... Oh, you mean, is it currently 1937? Is yeah. That, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been decades on interracial marriage from the Supreme Court with the Loving case. Uh, it's been since 2015 with the Obergefell decision on gay marriage. They're saying the Supreme Court is threatening these things, even though in the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe that they cite, all of the justices agreed that that reasoning does not implicate those cases, except for Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is the only guy that had the laser eyes and said, no, no, I'm coming for your gay marriage homos. Get ready. He's the only one. Uh, and he's never going to win the rest of them over. And even that, even that. Clarence Thomas is not coming for your gay marriages. Clarence Thomas understands that as a constitutional matter, this is reserved for the states because the Constitution is silent on it. It's as simple as that. And the idea that a whole bunch of states are going to line up to regulate gay marriage or interracial marriage without the Supreme Court's precious protection or Congress's precious protection is preposterous. Isn't he married to a white woman? uh, He is indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Ginny Thomas, I believe. Yeah. Uh, And I could go on and on about how bullshit this is. Legally, we could talk about how they invited some drag queen to the event who apparently sings a song about dicks. I don't know. I don't even know who that person is. Um, the, the reason I bring it up is because I think there was one statement from the president that is worthy of mention, or at least primarily. There was a lot of bullshit here, but one that, that I think is worthy of some emphasis. Um, because, of course, even this, the federal takeover of marriage by both the court and now Congress is not enough Joe Biden says it's wrong that in many parts of the country, a gay couple could get married in the morning and then get thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, this is still wrong. Okay. What? We got into this a little bit on Wednesday, but I had to know from you, does this even happen in North Idaho? And you said it does not. Unfortunately not. Okay. If it doesn't happen in North Idaho, I don't really know anyone in Alabama or Mississippi, but if you guys could confirm for me, those would be my suspected locations on where the last holdouts of kicking gay couples. What was that Alabama town or Mississippi town where we saw that instance of actual racism? There was like a black guy driving around i sent you this video years ago and it's like a bunch of people stopping him oh, like and word you better oh, get yeah, out of that's here right, yeah. that town okay if you live in that town maybe but i challenged the president to show me one example of this happening I- anytime on, in the last decade let alone like this year yeah but second this isn't really about does this happen this is about the trajectory it is not <sighs> enough to eliminate government discrimination you The private citizen with your private business, you must be compelled to join the rainbow parade. It's not leave us alone. Now it's you must clap. Your life and your assets must be seized or penalized on behalf of this rainbow parade. If you decide you'd rather just not participate in the rainbow parade and the rest of the rainbow agenda, it's wrong, says the president. And of course, their next step is going to be to compel your participation That's what he's saying with that simple statement. This is wrong. If we say bake the damn cake, if we say host the the gay wedding party at your restaurant, you will. Otherwise, it's wrong. Just something to think about. Of course, that's not a shock, but 
It, it, it is telling that they, they get this whole thing done. They tout it as a big accomplishment and immediately go to not far enough. Yep. Half the event is not far enough. Much more to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, we should have um, listened to Rick Santorum. My man, we got to get him on the show. <laughs> I mean, I owe him an apology, frankly, <laughs> at this point. He's been on Timcast. Has he really? Yeah. So I, he's got to be obtainable. Uh, would he forever damage his ability to run for president again by joining yeah, the show? Maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Tim Castle, that doesn't do it. That does nothing for anyone's reputation. Well, it didn't work for Kanye. But no, or maybe it did. I don't know. Depends who you ask. Anyway, uh, okay, let's get into hoax hate. Are you ready? I am. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? Not even the New York Times crossword was backwards. I don't have any backwards swastikas this time. And actually, I forgot we have surprise cringe, too. So I'll have to be quick, but... In a story similar to the infamous BYU Duke volleyball N-word case that uh, the, the, the famous N-word that was heard around the world, but was never actually said because the whole thing was made up. <laughs> this sounds a lot like that. An audience member shouted a racial slur at the Detroit Symphony Orchestra last Friday night in a statement on Facebook. The orchestra orchestra said, quote, it's deeply disappointed by the incident. Racism and bigotry have no place in the orchestra hall. The alleged outburst interrupted a performance of A Charlie Brown Christmas by Cyrus Chestnut and Friends. The orchestra said it is working on plans to permanently ban the person from attending future concerts. But who is the person and what did he say? Completely unexplained. According to local news click on Detroit, the orchestra did not reveal which slur the audience member allegedly said. And the audience member is unknown. We have no ID on this person. In the Facebook post making the claim, there are uh, in the comments on that post, there are several people. uh, There are comments from several people who said that they were at the event, uh, but nobody has a single lead on who did the shouting and what was shouted. Some commenters claim there was indeed an interruption to the performance, but they can't say with certainty what was even said. And other commenters implore people who were there to do the right thing and turn this person in. But despite that thirst for justice or perhaps vengeance, nobody has any knowledge of who this person is or what this person said, presumably because this story is made up nonsense. But if it isn't, I will also note uh, the performers, as far as I gather from this group, uh, mostly, if not exclusively black. And this event is in Detroit, which, of course, is a heavily black area. I looked it up. 77% black, in fact. So statistically, it would be unwise to assume that the offender is uh, is a hateful white person. But it, it's yeah, possible. Really. Man, leave it to black people to turn like the whitest event into like a high school graduation. Jeez. You know? <laughs> leave it. To Come on. S- leave it to some. This is why you get the hit pieces. My God. I mean, okay, the, 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 the symphony, that's got to be like the whitest you know, this is white people stuff. Well, they're playing if, Charlie Brown Christmas. If I'm going to get racially edgy, um, I got to imagine that this is among the, the most likely to be white attended events that exist. Even if the Do performers- you think they had their those air horns. <laughs> I don't know. Did they sound like the N word when they honked? Yeah. <laughs> 
This probably did happen. Maybe. We don't know. There was some Kay. black person drunk on Hennessy yelling. <laughs> Moving on. On the campus of Georgetown University, of course, in Washington, D.C., a transgender student who uses they them pronouns alleges that a white man, maybe the same guy, maybe he went straight from Detroit to D.C., a white man shouted racial slurs and threats at her from a dorm window last April. So maybe he started in D.C. and went to Detroit. Anyway, white guy in the dorm. Hey, you N word trans person. I dislike you and I would like to see misfortune fall upon you. That is what is alleged. The school, this they-them person says, uh, has not adequately investigated. In fact, the school has lost key surveillance images that would have helped identify a suspect. A Georgetown University student says that they were the victim of a hate crime on campus and they want the university to take action. The wait for justice has been long for Georgetown University senior Lahanna Giles. It feels like a cover-up. <laughs> It feels like a cover-up. Georgetown is trying to erase what happened to me. The college senior, whose pronouns are they, them, says in April, while sitting outside the student center, a white male student yelled racial slurs and violent threats from a dorm room window. I'm still in therapy as a result of it. After waiting months for answers, <laughs> they learned the Georgetown Police Department lost surveillance footage related to the investigation. Still photos of potential suspects were taken from surveillance video based on who entered the residence hall around the time of the incident. Georgetown said investigators later discovered the video server failed and all footage of students entering and exiting the building had been lost. I would really like them to expel the student who committed the racist hate crime against me. I feel that he's a threat to the entire community. How? Ugh, I don't even know where to start with this. The actual crimes get committed on campus, I'm sure. People get raped. People get murdered. I would imagine know. Georgetown has a few. Yeah, every college is a few, right? Um, you know, like real crimes need to be investigated. And she's like, expel this student with no due process or evidence because they allegedly said words to me, a black lesbian who says she's transgender. Correct. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine juvenile things being shouted from dorm room windows. Uh, what an injustice on a college campus. Um, now, so even if I were to grant that the school has botched the investigation, the question is, does it deserve investigation resources? She says there's a threat. Maybe a threat does, but did not explain the threat. Didn't hear any explanation. Just slurs. Were, a slur was yelled at me by a guy I can't identify. The school didn't consider this incident to be a potential hate crime until December 6th when students held a sit-in protest at the school Duh. and the school immediately caved. Ugh. Now, at least implicitly, it's hard for me to tell based on the story, but implicitly the school has a suspect despite all this evidence being lost. According to local news, WUSA nine, a university spokesperson would not confirm whether the person who yelled at Giles or Giles, this transgender student making the accusation would not confirm whether this person was a student, but that would imply that they know who the person is. The school offered a statement that said, quote, the abhorrent behavior involved in this incident is a clear violation of Georgetown's code of conduct, implying that they know what was said or what was done. But without any recording or any witnesses, how do they know this? The story ends. A likely punishment uh, would be suspension or dismissal. A decision on a possible punishment is expected Friday, as in two days ago. 
So you mean she named somebody specifically a white man that refused to have sex with her because she's ugly? I don't know. That's uh, that's what's weird is they won't name a suspect, but they're saying we're going to make disciplinary decisions very soon. And this gives me the same sort of vibes again as that Duke BYU story. Well, there's public outcry and a demand for vengeance. So so we have to do something about it. Hey, you white male over there. Come here. Uh, Listen, I'll give you like a hundred bucks to take the fall for this or whatever. Like we need a white guy to. Can you do that for us? Can you okay. be that guy? You were going to drop out anyway. Yeah, really? It's weird. Like, oh, we have all these disciplinary processes going on, but also we don't know who did this and we won't say. It's just, uh, this has the hallmarks of a sacrificial lamb in that way. It's coming. Some poor guy named Nathan or whatever. <laughs> Nathan's. Yeah, that is true. You can make a lot of assumptions about a guy if you know his name is Nathan. Demographically sure. speaking. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready for this cringe? No, I'm not. All right, here we go. I'll, I'll do it. She may be the face I can't forget. A trace of she may be the beauty or the beast. Take it you what had not just seen happened? that. No. Why did that not end with a hate crime? <laughs> okay, so is the grandpa like projecting his trans his transsexual Trannydom his, is the proper term. On his, on his grandson? Or was he grooming that kid sexually? Or what's happening? It's here? really unclear. Uh, but this is an ad for J and B whiskey in Spain. I did cut it down to about a minute. The full presentation goes on for over three, I believe. Well, I don't even know what the message is here. Well, the, the commercial is entitled She, and according to the description I've read, it depicts this older gentleman who is indeed the grandfather of that 26-year-old who he later encounters. But the, the grandpa sneaks away after stealing his wife's makeup to experiment with the makeup in secret. He improves his skills he eventually teaches the ways to this oh. 26-year-old grandson who is presumably either transgender or trans-curious or aspirational, but needs grandpa's tips for how to master the trannydom. Once the grandson's fabulous trans look is debuted to the family, they all cry and they cheer and they drink whiskey in celebration. So is my question... Is is the grandpa already a tranny or does he just love his grandson so much he became must be that. a tranny to help? But his- it seemed like it was a commentary on like intergenerational molestation being a cause for people being transsexual. The door That's locking the was very it. creepy and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back here- to the days where it was a whiskey ad where everybody drank whiskey and then beat up trannies. <laughs> 
<laughs> Where is that world? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, buy Jack Daniels. Break yeah. the bottle over Chinese. <laughs> <head. laughs> I would start drinking again if I saw that ad. <laughs> uh, it was the way of the old west. Okay, it can't be all yeah. wrong. We have uh, our, our civilization is built on it. Uh, what the okay. absolute fuck did but I just watch? Seriously speaking, the lesson is apparently if you have if you're a man and you have a a, a troubled son, troubled grandson, confused, you should indulge and enable every delusion. In fact, maybe even plant the delusion into your son or grandson's head. That's the loving thing to do. And if you go to this YouTube video, which by the way has gone viral 1.6 million views on YouTube, over 15,000 likes and 2,500 comments that are nothing but showering praise for the beauty of this. That is the lesson to be learned that love that this is an act of love and not an act of betrayal, quite frankly, an act of deliberately confusing a young person and, and, and baiting them into a life that is almost certainly almost certain to lead to unhappiness. Oh yeah. Just that statistically grandpa speaking, baited him for sure. Uh, maybe, maybe oh, multiple yeah. baitings. Yeah. Anyway, that that's the intended message that, that love is, Molesting the, your grandson until they're a tranny. They, I, I, I tried to edit it as fairly as possible. To be fair, I didn't see any molestation scenes implied or explicit. But uh, you draw your own conclusions on that locking door, man. I agree. I think that's weird. Anyway, uh, J&B Whiskey. Never heard of it. I don't even like whiskey. So, But I did see a lot of people in the comments. I'm a such and such whiskey guy, but now I'll have to consider J&B. Now... I'm sure there's curation of these comments. I have no doubt. Yeah, of course. Why would you do this? So you can put the bottle up your arse. I'm a whiskey. Like, whiskey drinkers are supposed to be kind of rough and tumble, man. Whiskey isn't for me, but I didn't think this aligns with whether this aligns with sense and morality is debatable. Does it align with whiskey? In what way? Why anyway. do you do this to me? You know, I gone all week without seeing this. I never had to see that. I wouldn't have known it existed. <sighs> Well, let's get to something more wholesome, although even that is debatable, as I'll get to. But let's get to the movie review. Okay. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 1992 Muppet rendition of the Charles Dickens classic The Muppet Christmas Carol, in which a grouchy and cheap old businessman learns the error of his ways through an inspirational Christmas haunting. Of course, all month long, Christmas movie nominator Michael Schlecht is introducing his selections through video submission. Here are his thoughts about The Muppet Christmas Carol. Welcome back to the magical month of Christmas movies, brought to you by The Matt and Blonde Show. Since The Muppet Christmas Carol has been made available to us on DVD and video, it has always been a tradition of mine that it be the first Christmas movie of every year. We would watch it every Thanksgiving day as the festivities wrapped up. Despite the horrifying and creepy ghost of Christmas past, I believe this to be the best film adaptation of A Christmas Carol ever made. With Gonzo and Rizzo hilariously taking us along for the ride, we get all sorts of other fun appearances by our favorite Muppets. Shout out to Beaker. Not to mention, Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge is a terrific straight man counterbalance to the rest of the comical cast. 
We've already watched this movie twice this year, and with the recent re-edition of the song When Love Is Gone into the movie, I highly suspect we'll squeeze in a third viewing before all is said and done. I hope you all enjoy this movie as much as we do. Merry Christmas, everyone, and happy watching. As always, your review and your rating. Sure, I have a short review for this. Um, This was a fun watch. Um, As a Scrooge-like character myself, this Dickens story always reminds me that I, too, am not irredeemable. Although I think Scrooge just should have stuck to the way he was in the beginning. It's like, did he really have to change? He was getting a fair price for those apartments. <laughs> fair. Yeah. What people pay, that's the fair price. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why I find A Christmas Carol so endearing. But um, this got me into the mood for holiday cheer. It was cute. I am, I'm stuck between a three and a four. But the real reason is that I pretty much universally hate musicals. Mm. And it wasn't technically a musical, but there was a lot of music in it. There are several it's not songs. not the puppetry. Yeah. Not the puppetry. I was fine with all of that. The puns, delightful. But uh, the music, man. So I'm stuck between a three and a four. Excellent film, no. I watched a lot of movies this week, so it was, it was a lot of excellent movies. So it was hard to... Well, if it's a half, remember. it has to round up. And the reason I ask for specificity as we now keep statistical track of these things you can find sortable data on the movie review page of the website that includes your ratings so if i always say half rating three rounds then. up you're gonna round down you're gonna round down because i watched picnic at hanging rock this week and that ah. movie is actually a five so three. well we are right there in the same area um of course this movie has good old-fashioned wisdom to remember but the reason i don't rate this as highly is because to me that's more attributable to dickens than it is to the stupid puppets and i just the muppets i've never been a muppet guy so i have no nostalgia for the muppets as an adult i just kind of find it annoying to be honest but it is a fair presentation of what i think is a good story about good old-fashioned wisdom or at least pieces of it not all of it as i'll get to but the value of introspection um, the, the, the three ghosts are, are simply a mechanism to force that on Scrooge to evaluate critically how you lived your life, how you are living your life, because those things guide and define how you will live them in the future. And I know that when I talk about this and write about it, it's, it starts to come off like really generic self-help, but it is true. And I, <laughs> I write a couple of paragraphs about, uh, about that idea or that philosophy in the review, if you care to read them. And just fundamentally, this idea that you are the architect of your your own future. You might encounter injustice. You might encounter unfairness. You might encounter heartbreak, death, all sorts of tragedy. But there's no single person who is more in control and more influential on your future than you. And if you start making every decision according to that philosophy, it's not that you end up. It's not that everyone ends up with a billionaire on the, as a billionaire on their own private island, but you put yourself on a trajectory. That's more towards success and a better version of yourself and a better life as well. So I, those are all great values that I hope to teach my children. And this is a perfectly fine demonstration of them. I really thought this movie, there are three ghosts technically and the ghost of Christmas present, this sort of jolly troll looking man. I really have no problem with, but I thought of the other two, one was excellent and one is trash. The ghost of Christmas future I thought was excellent because it's, it's just a great demonstration that less can be more absence can in fact be more valuable. No face, no voice, just this sort of ominous presence. And I appreciated that the ghost was 
so perfectly scary he inspired gonzo and rizzo to get the hell out of here because I've, I've had enough of your commentary for now that was great but he in a otherwise sort of slapstick jokey movie this ghost created the exact sort of serious tone that it needs to when you're thinking about how it is that you're gonna handle your present in order to craft your future you should be deadly serious and i appreciated the shift in tone that this ghost created at that point in the movie it's mercifully short it's under an hour and a half which i appreciate not just because i rip on movies that waste time so i have to acknowledge it here but specifically for the niche that this fits in like you're going to watch this with your kids you're going to put it on the background while you're doing christmas things it they they were thoughtful about length and i appreciate that it it's it's packaged up well and so i give the the producers credit for that now things i didn't like i just praised much of the wisdom there was one piece i hated though in the song thankful heart where scrooge has realized the error of his ways and he's singing joyfully about how his heart is thankful and he's totally adjusted his attitude there's one line in there. He says, if you need to know the measure of a man, you simply count his friends. No, mm, no, no. In a world full of wickedness, that is simply untrue. Um, no, no. You you want five good friends and three acquaintances as alternates. That's it. Well, and to me, the I, I agree that I would rather have a, a smaller, close circle of friends than some broad range of acquaintances. But the number is not really of inherent value. The, the value is the character of those people and the values they uphold. I could make just as credible an argument. The, the, the measure of a man is how many enemies he has. If those enemies are all degenerates. Yeah. He's That's probably true. a great guy. Um, I, I just, I, that is not a lesson. And I know it's one line in a song. I'm probably being overly critical, but I would never teach my children a lesson like that. Oh, if you want to know if he's a great guy, you just count how many friends he has. Friends, what if all yeah. those friends are degenerate pieces of shit? True. True. A worthy consideration. Uh, and I consider it a pretty a, a pretty crucial piece of wisdom to get wrong. And that's why I harp on it a little bit. The ghost, I, I mentioned the ghost I thought was great. The ghost I thought was terrible. The ghost of Christmas past, this weird, glowing, floating child creature. Weird. I'll acknowledge they tried some innovative methods to create that effect. Apparently they took a puppet and submerged it in baby oil to create that floating effect, but then the baby oil got too expensive. So they did it in water and that's okay. The floaty feel is not my dispute. My dispute is the weird the smushed baby oil face. Got too expensive. I guess must've been low budget. <laughs> the, uh, this weird smushed face and this, this emotionless Alexa style voice, just yeah, not yeah. effective in creating its intended aesthetic in the way the ghost of Christmas yet to come did. And I, and the last point, I know I'm being half jokey here, but kind of serious. Uh, how am I supposed to look at Gonzo's face and not see a giant dick in two oh, balls? I know. Yeah. Uh, come Even on. as a kid, I was like, this, this ain't right. This is ridiculous. There's a reason that it has inspired all sorts of sexual terms on <laughs> Urban Dictionary. I don't think it's because everyone's a sicko. I think because you can't, it's because you can't look at Gonzo's face and not see it. And of course, I made the obligatory joke that the only thing that's appropriate is he plays the role of Charles Dickens because he Ayo. puts meaning to the name. Ha ha ha. You just had to do it, had to, didn't you? Had to, had to go for it. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to rip the movie strictly for Gonzo's nose, but it is one of those. It's like you can't tell me the people who made the character didn't look didn't at this giant floppy 
and these two huge ball eyes and think, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> we're pulling one over on people. Okay. Huh. Anyway, I, I didn't get up, the testicle thing until now. But it's upside know. down, of course, but yeah. come on. Uh, anyway, I rated it right where you did at a three wiki rating. Okay. I'll allow it. I think it's a perfectly fine Christmas movie. I may someday watch with my kids if I figure out how to handle the Gonzo situation and if I figure out how to handle the count your friends alleged wisdom. Um, but for me, it's more about the story that Dickens wrote, less about Muppet characters. So I get why people would really like this if that if if Muppet lore is nostalgic for you, but it's not for me. <laughs> So uh, the audience, uh, let's give a quick refresh and see what the early vote for the audience says. People love this in the early vote, uh, over a third giving it a five, but then you got a quarter of people right behind them giving it a three. So not necessarily universally loved. What Uh, is next week? Next week is Home Alone 2 after the tie the week prior. So it will be Home Alone 2 Lost in New York and thus will conclude the month of Christmas movies nominated by longtime listener and helpful show contributor Michael Schlecht. We thank him for his efforts. But of course, one more. So glad this is coming to an end, though. You're you're all Christmas out. I am, although I love Christmas. I will now I, I always hesitate to try to put my thumb on the scale for the vote and try to influence it. But now that it's over, I can say I'm a little disappointed that jingle all the way was not selected uh not just for its christmas value but because it's one of those movies that demonstrates how a really terrible movie can in fact be so bad it's entertaining it's uh it's like freddie got fingered i've never seen that one you would is that uh what's his face tom uh tom green right you think i would like that no no okay well, uh, so it'll be Home Alone 2 next week, and by next week, I mean Friday. So make sure you watch it before Friday. Uh, and then we get the list refreshing for January from Listener Ross. So the new list on which you can vote now, uh, The Hunt. And yes, that is correct. Not to be confused with the 2020 satire movie that we watched not too long ago. This oh, is right. The Hunt from 2012, which is a completely unrelated Danish movie. There's also Blue Velvet, Whiplash, Blade Runner 2049. So why I I fear there's a strong chance I get re-entered into the Blade Runner world, though. Of course, I just talked about how I shouldn't try to influence the vote. Amadeus, the Grand Budapest Hotel, Vertigo, Sunset Boulevard, or of course, you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. Of course, that is Matt Christensen media.com. Okay. Thanks for your patience chatters. I know we took a minute there plenty to talk about tonight, but of course we want to close out with our super chats. Sure. Who was the last person? My, the last one I highlighted was Jonathan Prezios. Okay. But did we read Dan- that one? Congrats to Blonde. She is the secret weapon of the right. Nice shout out in a hit piece with video clips of her and Vice. Also using women as a promotional tool has been done by everyone forever. Well, I did find it interesting in the hit piece too. Uh, we need way more women voters, but no, not those women. Not, voters. That, not those Anyone women. but them. 
Did you see the number one upvoted comment is uh, groundbreaking journalism, guys? Uh, you've discovered that women will uh, like go into a niche for male attention or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> something like that. I was I like, guess. yeah, like what? What are these people talking about? Inadvertent. Uh, no, but it's it's just absolutely astonishing that they're doing this this late in the game. Um, JRC one, hockey was the only sport I watched as it wasn't woke until somewhat recently. NHL hired a DEI, and the rest is history. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Officer, yeah. The one, uh, the black lady who pledged, "I will get black ladies interested in hockey once and for all." <laughs> I don't yeah, know if it's really. working out. Uh, Phil, nice to see the sons of the conquistadors beat the fake French at soccer today. In the grand scheme, it probably doesn't matter, but the Argentines do represent a real people, or at least more real than what modern France has turned into. The Argentinian team, and as I've discussed, I don't really follow soccer, but I did see some people had criticism for the Argentinian team because there aren't enough black guys on it. And didn't the art, there was some Argentinian authority that responded that's because we're a country, not a movie on Twitter. <laughs> Good. I, 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 it's something like that. I might not be characterizing it perfectly correctly, but yeah, that was the idea that the there's not enough diversity on the team that won the World Cup. <laughs> I guess the diversity didn't work out for other teams. No, indeed. Bocephus says, rest in peace, Grant Wall. Enjoy the great penile colony in the sky. Did I? I need to go back. Did I say penile colony? Of course, I meant did. penal. I said penile. I don't remember, but said, I do remember laughing in my head. I said penile. If someone can tell you me. You might where, have said penal. Yeah, I meant penal. Well, everybody knows that's what you meant. That was the that's ultimate torture for Brittany Griner. She was in a penile colony. Although maybe she yeah. surpri- uh, she provided the penile to the colony. for all Okay. Time. So my parents sent me this text message about how Brittany Griner probably has congenital adrenal hyperplasia and that she was born with a penis and a vagina, but no testicles. I looked into this claim. I couldn't find evidence thereof anywhere. But she is a remarkably tall, deep-voiced, mannish woman. And there are... Uh, I've seen these... I, Whenever I don't give credit to my wife for exposing me to information, she's mad at me. So I saw these through my wife. Uh, I can't verify them as authentic but there are photos on the internet that are allegedly of britney griner playing in a basketball game of shirts versus skins and she is skins for whatever reason now that's my skepticism is why would britney griner be as a woman be participating in a skins basketball team but maybe there's something in the past we're not aware of anyway what i'm getting at is these are allegedly topless photos of britney griner they look convincing and that's a guy. That's all I can say, but I can't verify the okay, authenticity. If that's of the them. case though, you know, I have no tolerance for this tranny nonsense, but if you're a woman, you're born with both, both bits. My heart goes out to you. Well, that what do you sucks. default to? Don't you have to default to guy? Well, she doesn't have any testicles. If that's the case, she oh. probably just has like a giant clitoris. Oh, like a, like a, it could be either. Yeah, but no <laughs> testicles. Okay. Vagina. There's yeah. some endocrine situation going on there. Hmm. So anyway, they made me feel kind of bad about being so hard on Brittany Griner. What? This is where you suddenly find a heart? I don't know. I'm highly like pathologically influenced by my parents' opinion. Huh. Well. Um. Maybe. Uh. That sucks, though. You know? That sucks. Being a chick with a wiener and a vag. And then being six foot nine and having a deep voice. It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Brittany Griner, Mr. Obvious. I wanted to buy, but they sold out before I could. Some cards are selling for twenty four thousand. No oh way. God. No way. Um, Slosher, Merry Christmas to both of you and your families. Congrats, Blonde, on your latest hit piece. You look even hotter now. We all know that's not true. Matt, better luck next year. What will come first? More than 242K subs or your hit piece. Both are never going to happen. If if they have been done the same day, I'll retire. <laughs> yeah, both. Uh, that that's, uh, Yeah, count, count them both out. They are never events. Uh, Jenny Bath, even with how terrible your enemies hate you, remember what Christ said in Matthew 5, 43 to 48. This is what distinguishes Christianity. May your Christmas be filled with hope, peace, love, and joy. I know you guys are right, but this is my cross to bear. I, I don't know what to do here. It's a real struggle my, for me. My cross to bear is a defiance of Christ. What the hell does that mean? No, no. My cross <laughs> to bear is my my sociopathic response to people that have wronged me in minor ways. Ah. That's my in cross In other words, to bear. being a chick. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, you did this thing to me 20 years ago. I hope <laughs> you die. Yeah, um, Stephen Brown. Happy 20th birthday to Nash Brown. Thank you, Matt and Blonde, for years of entertainment. God bless everyone, and Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas to Thank you, you Stephen. Thank Merry you. Christmas. Innovations. Thank you, sir or ma'am. Uh, do you want to take a few? Yeah, uh, this is uh, some sort of like Latin name that I'm going to butcher. Aliquis Vault. Tasus? Tasus? No note except to say that both have a Christmas full of joy and a happy new year. Well, you as well. Guy with the Latin name that I don't want to butcher any further. Thank you for uh, your support for the show and Merry Christmas. Robin D. Banks says, guys, it's been a glorious year of the red pill. It's been a wonderful, uh, it has been wonderful to share it with you all, especially Matt and Becca. We'll see y'all. Oh, it's not. <laughs> I read it y'all soft N-word, but it's Nal Yegas. <laughs> Which I can definitely say. I'll see <laughs> Nal Yegas on the other side in 2023, the year of the white pill. Well, I hope the prophecy mm. is true. Thank you, Robin. And of course, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Chris Gard uh, says, crush the journalists, crush them all, crush them all. Who cares about free speech, absolutist principles? What matter? What matters is uh, those that are friendly to us are in power. That's literally all that matters. Whew. Uh, thirst for power is all that matters. I mean, come on, Chris, you know, I'm in a cuck on that one, but I appreciate your energy and your, uh, <laughs> your, your criticism of these journalists. And of course, yes. if people don't remember, uh, Chris is also the author of, uh, the Susan wiki wiki song. So I have to give credit where it's due. I, uh, of course will meet you at, uh, enjoyment of their suffering, whether or not the suffering is just, I may dispute, but they set the terms of the suffering. I, I reserve the right to chuckle and I will. Behena fam says Matt uh, can find a principled argument for Hitler loading up all the Jews into the rail cars and sending them to camps. The rail cars belong to the state. So that isn't an abuse of public funds. No, it's the opposite. My, my problem here is that we could find an excuse to put the journalists on the cars. In fact, that's I don't want to accuse Chris of making a point that he didn't say explicitly. But this is the problem is when we don't allow moral principle to guide us, we allow any immoral treatment of our enemies. And that's exactly what I'm trying to fight mm -hmm. against. I, I'm trying to articulate the principles that would prevent the train cars. I'm no friend of the train cars. And, and, and that's not, I didn't, I didn't make any argument about it not belonging to the state. In fact, I've, I've stood up for the idea of free speech as a value on the, 
the private platform of these social media companies because I think it's a value that we should all uphold, especially on on uh, granted they're pieces of private property, but if they're pieces of private property organized for the purpose of speech itself, it's a worthy principle to uh, to maintain. So but I know that about, you're I know you're poking a little behind them, but. I, I am not arguing. I am not arguing for train cars. I want to clarify. Uh, thank you for your support for the show. Merry Christmas, Simon Reichek. Call me a conspiracy theorist, but Satan is an anagram of Santa, just like Noel is an anagram of Elon. Coincidence? You tell me. Merry Space Xmas. Oh, I, it's a Elon pun. Sorry, I didn't. Merry Space Xmas and Happy New Tesla to all. Oh, thank you. Okay, I'll be careful with this last one, and then you take over. No, maybe I shouldn't be careful. Maybe that's how I get the hit piece. No, knickers, as in uh, dated term for pants. No knickers allowed. Long time no chat. My job has me working Sundays, but I'm out sick today. The bigger story regarding Twitter was the confirmed collusion with the feds, not the doxing discussion. The Twitterati don't care about principles. Don't fall for the BS. I agree that there are additional uh, revelations as part of the Twitter files that are worthy of discussion. Um, and I did see them. The FBI even commented on these and said, we uh, we meet with all sorts of private actors to advise them, but they make independent decisions. Yeah, right. it's um, the reason I opted to talk about this is because a lot of those themes we have discussed quite frequently. It's not that this additional evidence doesn't matter, but I, I feel like we've um, discussed that particular point quite frequently. It's not that we haven't discussed Elon quite frequently as well. It's just this is something of a, a new development. So decided to go with this in lieu of the Twitter files this week, but that's not to diminish the value of the Twitter files. Certainly the stealth Hispanic Elon paid to have his planes info secret. It was changed every month. It was changed every 60 days. It's not publicly available. The kid made an app to track the plane and figure out what its secret number was. Well, you can, uh, if you know what his standard flight path is, then you can deduce. Yeah. I don't think he had like incredible specialty knowledge, right? No, it's uh, the, the data itself. The location data is public. Now, what we're saying is the ID of the plane was anonymized or you're not yeah. supposed to be able to see based on the ID of the plane who owns it or who's on it. And and that's a point that I grant, but I, I wouldn't say that it's not public information. It's public information with analysis uh, or inference applied and we can yeah, talk yeah. about but it, whether doesn't, it doesn't matter it, it, i think that this is like everybody's so focused on this point i don't know that it really matters yeah it's still I, doxing. I, um well uh, again it's, it's it depends on your it depends on the definition that we give to the intent of it and i'm not convinced that the people at least all of the people acting in this case did it with some malicious or harassment intent some did, that's for sure. Maybe, um, but it, but even that, it's like the, the to connect it to connect what happened in L.A. to to Elon Jet. I that's a that's a pretty long line to draw, and that's what we're being asked to do. Bane Koof Elon's Jet is now a private number. The guy figured out a way around it with software and still posted it, which is illegal. Blonde, you appeal your account now under Elon. I don't like agreeing with Skag. For the most part, but this was this was not illegal. There it wasn't illegal. There's there, no there's prosecution no here. There's yeah. no charge. Um, if in fact unethical, probably. Yeah, yeah. you, you want to make that uh, make that case. I don't think it's crazy. Um, if if some prosecutor wants to bring the charge, I 
I'll be open to the case. I just don't. The fact that Elon Musk has known about this for a long time and despises it and can't bring a legal case against it suggests to me it is not, in fact, a legal violation. Right, right. And then somebody in the live, you can deduce where someone lives posting it is still doxing. Exactly. Like, yeah, I think that this is doxing. It's, this is not illegal, though. And Blonde, you appeal your account now under Elon. Yes, I've appealed multiple times under the Elon reign and three times now I've gotten the same Form letter back saying I'm still banned because of hateful conduct. Their yeah. policies on hateful conduct. Uh, Chris Gard, bots are still a major issue. This is funnily enough demonstrated in one of academic agents. Who would you do competition? Using polling, bots came in to produce a Biden last minute vote dump. <laughs> Seriously? I, yeah, I imagine there's similar, uh, for as popular as Elon Musk's Twitter account is, I imagine there's similar mischief applied to his various polls. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Chris. A Q-tard side of me says it's 4D chess and the pulls a false flag to draw out bot accounts. No, yeah, maybe. That'd be really smart. Maybe I've been smooth brain duped into Elon's bigger game. But to me, that uh, that has been the, a theory for a lot of um, people who are more inclined to defend Elon throughout. Once I start seeing the results of this broader plan, I will consider that. But I just I see at least pieces of a trajectory that are going the wrong way. The wrong way. Uh, so it's hard for me to say, oh, creating the image of sacrificing principle in this way allowed him to actually uphold or realize the principle later. I just don't see a lot of that that happening with the exception of like really milk toast accounts being reinstated and um, some transparency about what the prior people did with control of the rules. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris Gard, Taylor Lorenz cryface should be used as a natural alternative to opiates. No way. Opiates make you feel good. Um, yeah. he, he also said, you, but you we'll have doing... to feel good based on the Lorenz cryface. Maybe not that good, but Oof. no, it's... no. It's, I have to look at her face still. Oh, well, I guess maybe there's a punishment angle. Uh, Chris Gard, we will be doing a Christmas stream on unpopular opinions, academic agent on Tuesday night, GMT. Make sure you catch it live as it will be an absolute riot of hilarity and spiciness. Naughty words. Looking forward. All to right. It. Well, thank th yeah. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Nitro Express. Thank you. And he also said, Blonde, can I get a Merry Christmas? 82nd all the way for my dad Newman, the best dad to ever fight commies in a jungle. Oh, wow. And one of your biggest fans. Killing the right kind of Asians. We appreciate it. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to your family. And uh, I don't mean to make it overly personal, but of course, the 82nd is very personal to me, too, as that was my, my brother's uh, army division. And so, in fact, um, you might see, I don't know, can you see back on the World War II helmet behind me? We got the double A's. It might be a little blurry, but the double A's of the All-Americans are right there, um, as well as a patch for the 2508th Parachute Infantry Regiment from World War II. So uh, Merry Christmas to your family and um, and thanks for for bringing attention to uh, the paratroopers as well. Um, incompetent hands. I will give you a hit piece, Matt, but the Vikings game yesterday never happened. Blonde. Death is always tragic. That's why it's hilarious. Promise me you will laugh when I die, preferably in a hurricane. Um, I do like to laugh at people that die in natural disasters. That's <laughs> that's, I forgot. That was another highlight as of like the fall. That was like three months ago. Should we really feel bad for those punks in Florida who decided no, to I, live there? I just don't care. I, uh, I didn't think it was funny. Oh, there might. Oh, okay. okay. I'll have to go back. Maybe there was Chris no Gard. laughter. It was just apathy. <laughs> And a big one and a half, 
more months until our first child is born, Willa, oh. a little girl. And please pray for us that I can raise to write with them implementing Sharia law in the house. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Good luck, man. Uh, congratulations to your family and Merry Christmas. And man, Chris, thanks for uh, all your support tonight. I very much appreciate it. In addition, I am not going to be niggardly. In addition to the support that is uh, your music on the channel. Chris, also the the music I use as the outro to all my individual um, videos, Chris also did. And I appreciate the music for its own sake. But another reason I appreciate it is because the old music that I used to use when the person who made that decided that I was that he couldn't in good conscience associate with me anymore, which he's entitled to. The music's his property, but felt a little slighted by that. Anyway, when I had a <laughs> musical need on my channel, Chris was like, hey, dude, I got lots of music and I would uh, love to help out. And and he did exactly that, which I appreciate. Thank you, Chris. Um, I lost my place. Uh, Incompetent Hand says, I will give you a hit piece, Matt. Oh, you, you read that, read that By one. the way, um, the Vikings yesterday, I, I won't talk football, but for like 15 seconds, the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. What, a, what an emotional rush uh, for not only me, but my wife is so invested in the Vikings that she was just screaming and jumping up and down and losing her she mind. She must really love you. Well, I... I... Uh, despite my appreciation and love for my wife, I gave her the greatest curse anyone could ever know, which is Vikings fanship. She didn't really even like football very much until she met. It's not that she didn't like it. She didn't understand it, but she could see that (laughs) I appreciate it as a piece of escapism. And so she got into it for sort of the chess match reasons that I like it, but she's developed her own emotional attachment to that team. And to see the biggest comeback in the history of professional football was, was how big was it? Uh, They were down 33, nothing at halftime. Ah. And they came back and won 39 to 36 in overtime. Nice. But that's enough football talk. Uh, Das Pooch says, Merry Christmas to my favorite hot blonde fash and Lolbert fence sitter. I (laughs) hope this weekend is wonderful for you and your families. Also, what the fuck is this new movie list? Might be a month of wild cards. Lol. Well, yeah, I'm going to take your criticism in good faith and resist the urge to defend my Lolbert fence sitting honor. Uh, <laughs> but I appreciate your, uh, your support for the show. And to be honest, I don't know anything about the movies that were nominated this month. Um, so when I first saw it, I thought my inclination when I don't know what something is, is to think it sucks. But then my wife reminded okay. me, um, you don't know what that movie is. Like, how do you think it sucks if you don't even know what it is? I'm like, eh, fair point. Just cause Fine. I've never heard of it. In fact, hearing of things is these days probably de- probably demonstration of the opposite, that it sucks. That's true. Yeah. Logan Orr. <laughs> I, Logan. <laughs> okay. Uh, How bad is it? Dude, <laughs> dude, come on. It's um, speculation about the star of David and uh, corresponding oh, yeah. numbers. Numerical, I just, yeah, numerical references. Read my super right, chats though. and you yeah. might actually get a hit piece. Uh, yeah, that's right about that. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disavow and uh, disagree. <laughs> Look at <the> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I have to disagree with that. Thank you, Logan. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck says any room that Bankman Freed inhabits is rat infested as soon as he walks in. Just look at the guy. Yeah, exactly. 
He does have a rat face. Thank you, Knuckle Hunky Buck. Merry Christmas. Ryan Hass, hope you guys are doing well. You as well, Ryan. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Marshall Francis, hey, Matt, uh, do you have a green screen shirt? Sean of the channel Actual Justice Warrior wants to know, and I hope both of your weeks are getting good. You know, I was sent this clip. Um, and I'm glad that I yeah. was because I didn't see it myself. Did you, you see? You do have a green screen, right? Did sure. no, I, I don't have yeah. a. I don't actually have one at all. Wait, so did he? Did he do that? That clip, like make it like that, or is that? Or did actually... he go a step beyond and make something green screen? I just saw a clip where he was browsing my channel and saying, uh, "How does he have like the exact same thumbnail with just changing the flannels?" We all know he's wearing a green screen shirt and just applying different flannel or plaid patterns to the shirt. Wait, you're not doing that? These are all different. Yeah, they're all different. They're all uh, they're all still but- frames. You're exactly the, the same. You're making exactly the same facial expression in all of them. I'm sitting at the same chair in the same posture, doing the same thing every single time. Wow. Consistency is key. Um, seriously speaking. I love actual I'll, Justice Warrior. He's so great. Seriously speaking, I'll illuminate why that effect is achieved. Because to say it's obviously there's like some intent. Um, but. When I sit down and select my thumbnails, like I just take a still from the video that I've made. And I find that if I just take a random still and I'm like mid whatever and I have a weird yeah. face, yeah, that that is not good. It ends up looking really s- stupid or silly. So in general, whenever I complete a sentence as I'm delivering a video, I pretty much end up at like that same sort of position. And I just find that to be representative and not stupid looking. So that's how those that's how those get selected is like as I'm chopping up a video or editing it, it's like, all right, here's uh, the frame where I've paused and that's what I look like. And we'll go with that. And I I I thought he actually went through and did that, like superimposed one facial expression on all of your. I, I did not know this. No, no, there's might I. Might I say, uh, if I do say so myself, there is remarkable consistency. In <laughs> of course there yeah. is. <laughs> no, Nobody I get would it. accuse and you I, of not being consistent. I get why that invites jokes. I totally understand. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, there is some intent in, obviously there's going to be consistency in that I'm filming the exact same setting through the camera that's sitting in the exact same spot every yeah. single time. There's just inherent consistency to that. But there's some decision on my part how do I want my face or posture to be when I select that frame? And I just, I don't want it to be like weird mouth, wide open, weird way, stupid looking. So that's why I hear you. Yeah. Uh, But I did, I thought the bit was funny. Yeah. It was, it was a funny little, a funny little thing he did. So I, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that was sent to me. Holden Mulray says blondes actually right. We want deflation. Uh, they tell us what we don't, but technology causes, uh, exponential deflation and a higher living standard. Hey, uh, we can use these same numerical stand. Or can we use these same numerical standards for CO2? Well, mm. I imagine they'll apply different rules in that setting as uh, different rules are applied in different settings all the time for convenience purposes. Yep. Thank you, Holden. Merry Christmas. Do you want to uh, carry on or, or should I continue? Sure. I have silly dangerous do- up next. Oh, okay. Um, could I get a shout out for my friend's YouTube channel? Name is Johnny Massacre. His content overlaps with yours, so your viewers would probably enjoy it. He puts out some good stuff, but is shadow banned into oblivion due to having the wrong opinions? I do only like people that are shadow banned. Hmm. Well, Preston thank you, Silly Dingus, and thank you, Johnny. Oxen hurt. Happy to donate again. How about the Vikings game the other day? We already covered it. Don't say a thing, Matt. Good sports this year from what I can see. 
Thank you, Preston. <laughs> Not gonna hug you back. You should get kicked out of get kicked out for being gay. Why? G A Y. He had to spell it phonetically. Or straight in a restaurant. It's a health code violation at the very least, and it's certainly not sanitary. Thanks, Susan. I know they're always trying to put their D's in those holes in the bathroom. Uh, I suppose if you are committing sexual acts of any sort, yeah, it might be grounds. <laughs> Nuggle Buck. Don't let Groompa have any whiskey. I know, right? <laughs> Groompa. I'm just, I have to give proper appreciation. I've never heard that. Is that a new term or do people call old pedos groompas? Nope. I love it. That's great. Knuckle hunky buck. You're all clever, but he's something special. Uh, special. Groompa. Although in fairness, this, this, I have to be principled. He was grooming a 26 year old. This was not a pedophile situation. We don't know when he started. (laughs) That's true. We only have this particular piece of documentation. Yeah. Um, let's see. Chris Gard, that granddad definitely baited that kid. I yeah. was there. I was there. I said it. I said it before you did, Chris Gard. You can't steal a chick's joke, Chris. <laughs> I know. I only have so few in my feeble brain. He probably typed um, it out like the second that you said it, though. I know. I was like, damn it. Yeah. Uh, Slosher, that whiskey commercial makes me want to pray. Jesus, get your sandals on and get down here. It's an emergency. Now, what, what's the meme of uh, like... Jesus on the phone and saying soon or something like that. I, I, I can't remember. Soon. Aliquis yeah. Voltesus. Matt, have you ever seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Um, I've always thought it was a good litmus test to see if you were an optimist or a pessimist, depending on if you thought the relationship mm. would succeed or not at the end. It would obviously fail. God, it's they lived it before. I have seen it about 15 years ago. And actually, I, I liked it so much at the time that I put it on my own personal movie list for selection back when we did that one week last spring when Jurassic park was picked. Uh, I really loved it because I'm fascinated with this concept of like, if you could erase memories of unpleasant things in your prior life, would you, uh, and all of the implications that go along with that. But I haven't seen it for so long that I don't know if I would love it today or not, but I want to rewatch it because of how much I loved it then. Um, but then again, back then I was, uh, an emotionally immature idiot who had poor perspectives on relationships with women and a lot of things that are relevant to that movie. So maybe I would watch it today and be like, this is really dumb. These people. Yeah, are I idiots, wonder if I would like it. Cause I liked it too, but in college. So I do want to see it again. So perhaps the opportunity will arise. Uh, knuckle hunky buck. So Matt won't give credit to a movie for the wisdom contained within said movie because it was passed from a story previously written by someone else. Uh, Matt, I am giving, I'm saying it's, a, it's perfectly fine. It's, I didn't say it's a one, but I'm saying, do I credit the Muppet people? for the story or do i credit charles dickens you know i'm I, it, it is overall a good story jeez um esoteric unbound if i wanted to spend an hour listening to whining about the rules of twitter i'd actually have a twitter account or watch cnn also matt's pervy dissing of gonzo demonstrate a heart even darker than blondes what? i'm the pervert for <laughs> noticing gonzo's dick face come on yeah. come on I, I hear you as though nobody um, has ever yeah Anyway, I, I, I've done enough fighting against these, uh, against the onslaught tonight. Thank you. Esoterica unbound. Appreciate it. Just for fun. Make Matt watch. It's a wonderful life. I can't make Matt do anything. Plus we already know my review. His life wasn't Um, wonderful all the time. That's true. Two Uh, out of five. I got to reload. All right. Uh, link to the future. Are you guys aware of Gawker stalker? 
It was a page on Gawker that allowed for people to post sightings of celebrities in real time. It was shut down due to some bad PR and public pressure. I'm not aware of that, but that would be an interesting parallel because it's a similar idea. Um, It was shut down just because of pressure. There was no, there were no legal implications or anything like that. I assume that's what the chat says. Uh, But yeah, I'd have to look at the case and maybe that would help me think about how I think about the, the plane issue. You know, it's like, it's not insane to me that maybe you want to have a standard on a social media platform. You can't post information that could be used to track people in that way, like license plates or plane data. I don't think that's a, that's an insane thing. My problem with Musk is that he's, he's creating a standard that is so broad. I think it's bound to scoop up a whole bunch of other things under that rule that are, are not really at the spirit of the rule he's trying to create. So if you yeah, get a little more specific, I might be warmer to it. It also um, illuminates the broader problem, which is that he never really intended to um, to apply it to everybody. It, he just was using it, utilizing it for his own purposes. There's probably a lot of truth to that. It's just like, I've had enough of this shit because my family got attacked. I'm done. So I'm doing this. And I can't say that that's indefensible. I it's if, not indefensible. If someone yeah. went after my family in the same way, I I probably would have a similar sort of knee jerk urge or reaction. I don't think that that's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, but when you run a communication platform for millions of people, and you just finished explaining how allowing people to speak freely is the most important priority to you, yeah, it's a bad look when all of a sudden your personal urges yeah. eclipse that. When when you which I understand them. if I were in his position, I would be constantly overutilizing uh, the rules of Twitter's to enforce my own vendetta. You'd be cackling every day. It'd be a fun oh, office, yeah. at least. I totally. might want to work there just to just to see the show. But I'd be like, there are no principles upon which I'm operating. Figure it out. Everyone else. And that's the transparency that we really want. <laughs> yeah. Holden Mulray says, Blonde, I'm shocked you don't like musicals. I always pictured you in the Austrian Alps. Spinning around with your long blonde braid singing Edelweiss. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan, Sound of Music fan for obvious reasons. Uh, why is that? That seems like something you would like, but I haven't seen it. I've, I don't even know if I've ever seen it. I've seen at least pieces. I mean, they of it. really demonize the Nazis, right? Oh, do they? They, they gave, <laughs> they gave Hitler joking. a uh, a bad look. I can't. They believe. did. They did. Um, no, it's the it's the music. I just. I just fucking hate musicals. Oh, Hitler, baby. I hate them so much. Hmm. Chris Campbell says, uh, Johnny Masker is worth a watch. Uh, Well, shout out to Johnny. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Bible study, Robert, the one and only. Merry Christmas. Thank you both for all you do. Who knew uh, you would put up with a hyphenated named foreigner like me? (laughs) God bless you always. We love you, Robert. Merry Christmas, Robert. You are, in fact... My favorite hyphenated named person who does indeed add value to my life. And of course, thank you for, um, I know the Bible study is a very niche thing that is not um, necessarily for the wide range of our audience. And I totally respect that. Um, I will say if you've thought about giving the Bible study a chance, you have interest in even listening passively, which you can do on the Bible study page of my website as a podcast. You might not want to participate in the discussion or you can't, but you can listen. Um, Robert puts a lot of effort and has a lot of knowledge about scripture. So this is, yep. um, he's, he's really made it something that's, that's way beyond just getting together and talking about the Bible, which is a perfectly legitimate endeavor itself. But I know that he's putting hours and hours into creating a product each week 
that gives you a, a good framework through which to read, understand, interpret, and even debate the scripture. Mm-hmm. And so as I try to figure out what exactly that scripture means to me, I just want to recognize and thank him for his, uh, for his effort in guiding me through that, but creating something of value for the audience too. And again, if you're even slightly interested in it, uh, we would certainly appreciate it if you check it out and we're on break until the new year, but if you'd like to come participate, we're getting right there to the exciting part, the crucifixion itself. You don't want to miss. Okay. Um, we're resuming uh, the first Saturday in January. We do it every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you are welcome to join. The information is out there, so uh, it could be. We've doxed ourselves. It could it could yeah, be really. abused. Actually, no one's really trolled, and I should I shouldn't say that. But nobody has exploited the opportunity to troll the Bible study. Please don't. It's a very <laughs> wholesome production. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Catboy Cammy's going to drop in there. Not yet. The there George have been Floyd. no, there have been no George Floyd reenactments. Okay. Uh, I think we're all set. Thank you, Robert. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Happy new year as well. Uh, general grievance. One more. I honestly can't believe you guys talked for 10 minutes all about Elon and Twitter's bumps and not one herpes joke was made. What were the bumps that we were talking about? I don't know. Oh, it was me talking about, the bumps in the road. You mentioned he had forecasted a bumpy road. And I said, the bumps are concerning. Is there a herpes thing? Does he have herpes? Everybody has herpes. I don't know. I wouldn't want to uh, defame him, but uh, I'll leave it at that. I guess I'll have to do my research. Anything else before we're finished? Mm, nope. Okay. Uh, we're good on D live as well. Appreciate you guys watching over there. Although um, I should have mentioned at the top of the show. D live has been having some technical issues. I can't name the stream. I can't, access certain features so d live they've burned a bridge with me in the in the past and so if you're a d live viewer you might see some complications over there but we'll worry about that as that develops anyway thank you guys for your participation tonight thank you for putting up with probably what was way too long of an elon musk discussion but quite frankly i had a lot to say about it Appreciate your contributions to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for super chatting and supporting. Thanks for chatting and hanging out. If you are listening later on demand, thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like more to listen to, if you need more to listen to as you start your holiday travel season, of course, you can find additional material over on the audio platforms of the show. You can find replays of the Wednesday call-in show. You can find Blonde's interviews. You can find some extra material you might not find on YouTube. Linked in the description and over on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcast. Speaking of, everything show-related is on the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back on Friday, normally Sunday, this time Friday. But hey, if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is. The Matt and Blonde Show. See you Friday night.